Hi, you're listening to Mimetic Rhetoric Podcast. I'm Alice and this is Mark. And today's topics we're talking about gender abolitionism. Uh, Mark's going to share a little bit of the noise music he's listening to, and I'm going to share some movies I've watched. Those are the things we're going to talk about. Hell yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I, this room is not too hot. It's not? It's, it's fantastic. I'm burning up, but that's because there's a fire inside my heart. She's burning up from the fire inside her heart, and I am ice cold because I have the, the steely cold soul and eyes of a murderer. He's a white man and has privilege, and his blood pressure is probably not as bad as mine. I can kill anyone I want to, and I'm not going to get in trouble. So, let's see. Um, the first the first topic uh, was going to be what I've been listening to. I don't know. Did you have anything to share as well? I don't listen to music very often. That's right. You don't listen to music. You mostly watch YouTube videos, movies, and content. Well, because if I listen to... Can you say it like that? It sounds so bad. Um, it sounds so good. But, like, music I would listen to while doing something else. Right. And now I'm in bed and my computer's my TV. I don't really have a desk or like a laptop proper to do work and listen to something. You need more than one screen to do that? I used to have. Well, I do now. I have an iPad and a phone. Right. But it's like I, I don't have a typing... A keyboard to type on. Right. Okay. That's pretty important. I hate typing on a tablet or a phone or anything like that. Well, I mean, I need to have a big... Also, I don't like doing any sort of stuff on the iPad, because uh, I need to be able to edit properly and yeah. stuff. And that um, just doesn't work very well for that. Yeah, yeah. If I open this can of Monster, is it going to ruin our podcast? I don't know. Do you have an extra one? No. Because <laughs> I'm an asshole. Oh, well. Um, I should have brought two. So what have you been listening to? Uh, let's see. I've been listening to the same five albums over and over again, and none of them are noise. Actually, um... I've been listening to some things. Um, I was listening to... Um, well, not long ago, I... I don't know if I listened, I mentioned this in the last time we were recording, but I bought the entire uh, Deathbed Tapes discography, and I was listening through that. And a lot of it is... I mean, Deathbed, their whole output is pretty much like... Uh, they're like kind of edgelords. A sort of edgelord noise. Um, they have a really gritty aesthetic. Uh, it's very traditional stuff. Usually not what I'm um, I'm I'm doing. I'm actually a hypocrite because right now I'm working on an incredibly uh, edgy noise album. Oh yeah. Why don't you tell us more about that? Um, well, I the the details are, uh, are are pretty are pretty sensitive because some of the audio that I'm sampling is so. Um, uh, it, it's what's the word for it? Some of the audio I'm sampling is from media that if you put it on Google, Google Drive, they will actually strike it from your Google Drive account for uh, being against their terms of service because it's so horrible. Oh wow! It must be really awful. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about it more. Yeah, later. Yeah, I'm probably going to get canceled from um, all of my platforms, and all of my friends are going to hate me for making this. And I have to release it, don't I? Uh. Now, I'm going to leave the responsibility to someone else. You've been through enough, Alice. You've been through far too much. Um, there was one released, actually, on Deathbed that I really liked. Are you going to release on Deathbed? Uh, it, you know what? I mean, I could, I could try. Um, the, 
uh, I, I don't think I'm cool enough, to be honest. Yeah, labels don't answer my emails. If they do, it's just like LOL, and then that's it. What What do they, have you sent, like, when you send stuff to labels, what do you, like, have you done that before? I mean, I've written them letters asking them nicely to publish something on tape. I don't really know how any of that works. What happened, like, well, what's the point of sending someone a demo if it's noise, though? Like, it could be anything. Wow. Right? Um, the, uh, when you sent, I mean, when you sent your noise in, were they just like, haha, nice try? No, I told them I wanted, I wanted to do this 26-hour album on cassette, and they laughed at me. They, I can't imagine why <laughs> you would do that. They really should have gone for it. That's a yeah. great gimmick. Yeah, it's, it's just, who would do that? Uh, I would. You would. And I think we live in, a, in an era of independent publishing where you can do the dumbest shit possible and people will buy it because people have been turned into idiots. Yeah. By uh, TikTok. Big media. Yeah. <laughs> when I go on TikTok, I... I I will do a brief aside about TikTok. Every time... TikTok and Instagram, every time I go on them, I feel like I'm being programmed to, like, kill people. Like, it's not... Go ahead. If you're being programmed to kill people, you wouldn't know you are being programmed. Right, so I don't think it's actually happening. I don't think I'm actually being programmed. If you to think people. you're being programmed to kill people, that means Instagram's doing a bad job. I think they are doing a bad job. Um, because... It's not that the content of the videos itself is, like, necessarily bad. I actually don't... It's really hard for me to absorb what's actually happening in the videos or anything. If I go on Instagram or TikTok, what the, the effect is that I feel like I'm looking at, a like, this, this rolling, like, stream of just chaotic movement, lights, sound, and it, it reminds me of... Um, the like the Clockwork Orange uh, programming where they prop his eyes open and he's forced to look at like hundreds of screens of people being murdered. Um, it feels like it's just like I get disoriented like I'm on a the like, Ludovico technique. Yeah, I feel like I'm on some horrible carnival ride as soon as I open TikTok. It's like disorient. It makes me nauseated. Well, it's almost like a virtual circus or the um. The, the pin, the cartwheel thing. Oh, god damn. What's it called? It's the thing that the hypnotists spin to no, make the, you... No, the, the, the ride that goes around in circles. The, it's like that. The whirly gig? The cup-a-wheel? It's like they have one the, down the, the, at the pier. The tilt and It's the... It's a, the huge thing. Carousel. Carousel. Nice. Yeah, but like going really fast and I'm stuck in it's a car full doom of... doom-scrolling. Yeah. But without... With, but with more danger. It's... Yeah. Because they can put more hate into your brain faster it would be i it'd be really if uh, if they put on the carousel if as you're going around the carousel they like had tv screens that showed you things as you passed like a beautiful sunset because the world around us is actually uh like a smokestack hellhole well the thing about tiktok is if you want to take a break mm -hmm. You just kind of sit there and watch the same tiktok for a minute mm -hmm. until you've like absorbed it and then you keep scrolling is that the technique? No. This is something I, I imagine people who scroll on TikTok would probably Oh, just use like it. sit on one video and let it loop. Well like if you get if you stop if you get tired of scrolling, yeah. 
you don't want to exit the app because you know you want to keep scrolling, but you That's take right. a, you want to take a break. You just leave it on one video. Just, just leave it looping, yeah. looping and looping. Of like a wolf girl screaming about how she wants to eat your liver. Because that's what's on there. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, that's probably because you don't go on TikTok. That seems a little violent to me. I don't condone violence yeah. anymore. Um, Alice doesn't condone violence anymore. I, I'm free to condone violence because I'm the cis white male of the of the duo. Yeah, so we don't I, want a trans uprising. Yeah, exactly. I, I That would I, just be too awful for me. For Yeah. If you were suddenly were in control of society... I mean, no, it's more like, I don't know what I would do if all of a sudden, like, I had rights. Yeah. Like, that would just be weird. I don't know if I could ever get used to it. What? I'm like, so used to just playing the victim over my gender all the time. And, because, yeah. If TikTok. You, TikTok. Music. TikTok music. No, the, um, the, back, like, on the topic of, of the noise I was listening to, one of my, the release that I really... There was just this random album. Are all their covers in black and white? Yeah, they're all super, like, edgy of, like, you know, like, uh, Travis Bickle walking in a... So is this, like, mainstream noise? Like, pop it, noise? It kind of is. Like, this is the version of main... Like, okay. On the topic of, of, of noise and mainstream, um, mainstream noise is... It's kind of like a reverse world, I think. Because mainstream noise is, like, the edgiest on the surface shit that you can find or like the the like you know like um the most well-known noise artists tend to be the ones that are the most ostentatious with like the with violent imagery or their or uh Merzbau because he's just became a meme um so like mainstream noise is essentially like edgy shit that you can show your friends and be like, this is fucked up. And then underground noise tends to be stuff that's a bit more, like, a bit harder to pin down in terms of its, like, messaging and its imagery. Yeah. And that's usually what, actually, what we tend to be doing is stuff that is, like, it's, it, it the, the messaging is less coherent and the, it's less of a sort of spectacle of, of violence and... Now, you're an admin on the noise Discord server and oh, you know God. a lot of noise people and you make noise. Oh, goodness. And you're like a noise journalist. I've never written an article. Yeah, you have. Did I for for the website? Oh yeah, I did write an article for the website for I the server's website. Yeah. yeah, I did. I, I wrote some reviews. To, so sure, I'm a noise journalist. Right. I know what's going on? Right. So for our podcast, you'll talk a little bit about the noise music stuff because you're more into that. I do listen to more music than you are. And your opinion should be taken seriously. Like you're the next Chad Pennington or the other dude with the glasses. Anthony Fantano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind being the Anthony You're like Fantano a walking moo. A walking moo? Yeah. Who's moo? Oh, mew. Oh, yeah. I was on there for a while. Was it pronounced mew? I don't know. Moo or mew? Like, moo... Yeah, no, it would be moo, because it's moo... Mew. I say mew because it's music. Well, I just know there's, like, the, a band that's, like... Music. Called moo... Moo, yeah. Like something of Moo? I don't know. I think so. Tribes of Moo? Something like that. Tribes, uh, Fountains of Wayne. So, You're getting canceled for that. Uh, I should be shot for that, because it's stupid Eve 6 reference. Well, They're stupid fucking Twitter. Um, but yes, what you're saying is correct. Noise. I'm basically the Anthony Fantano of noise. Yeah. Another reason I should be shot and killed. But, um... The, the in Minecraft, 
in in Minecraft. Not that the FBI that. doesn't know about that. I've actually never played Minecraft, not once. I got a copy in like 2011. Um, a copy. Yeah, a copy. Like on well, because now there's like a Java version and like a Microsoft Windows version, like on DVD. And in the back in the day, it was like you just pay Mojang for 14 bucks on his website, and that's it. Yeah. And now somehow I have it on my because I bought that 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Yeah, I still have it on my like because when Microsoft bought them out, you could transfer your. I don't know what to do in it. There's like blocks or something. You get like. Concerts in there, if you're like Lil Peep or whatever. Just look, or yeah. He, or is he the dead one? Uh, well, I don't know. He, I think he overdosed on Xanax and a bunch of shit. But, but, but Little Xan's still alive. Little Xan is still alive, so you could have a concert, a Little Xan concert in Minecraft. I want him to play my birthday party, because we were born on the same day. I think I could probably book him, because I don't think he, uh, I think he costs like five bucks. He's like canceled now, right? He did some shit, yeah. Like, like he won't go into rehab and everyone's mad at him? Yeah, well, yeah, and he said, like, Tupac sucks, and that'll get you canceled in hip-hop. Yikes. Yeah, he was like, Tupac isn't even that well, good. Well, in now. rock music, we're just now getting to the point where you can say the Beatles suck in public. Yeah, and people, well, people will call you edgy and, like, an edgelord, and you're trying to be contrarian, but I actually don't like them. I think it's... I'd rather be meta-contrarian, to where you don't realize them and not, I'm making fun of you. Basically. Yeah. And if you want to do it with the Beatles, you have to say stuff like Paul McCartney's albums are better, or like Wings is better than the Beatles. Which is probably true, actually. Um, I'm just like, I like that one album where they weren't in the same room together. Yeah, fuck those guys. They shouldn't even be seen together. Then one of them died. It was just a big mistake to, for them to meet each other, I think. They should have all done it remotely. Like, if the Beatles never like came around, you know, Skiffle yeah. would still be a thing. They should have just done it all over Zoom. And they killed it. Yeah. Um, psychedelic skiffle. Psy psych psychedelic skiffle. Yeah. The, um, the, the, I was listening to, let's see, um, there was a random album on, uh, Deathbed I really liked, but it's actually not one of the edgy, fucked up ones. Um, it's by an artist called, like, the artist's name is um, 886VG. The album is just called I. Or, it's either an I or a one, but I think it's an I. Um, and the, the reason it stood out to me, um, uh, strongly is because if you listen to it, it's definitely harsh noise, but, um, it's highly, it's, it's an album that uses, it's clearly like made using digital techniques because the way that the, um, the noise is constructed it has kind of like a, a lot of granular stuttering effects where right. you have um, really sharp, snappy, um, the, like the, the rhythmic motion in it is really sharp and snappy and clipped. Now, I did listen to one noise album this week. Oh, you did? Uh, the dude, Death Pile person, I've subscribed yeah. to them on Bandcamp and they released a new record on a side project and like the guy's name, and it was cool. What, what, what is it? Is it like, is it in the vein of Death Pile or is it different? I've never, I don't remember what Death Pile sounds like. Death Pile sounds like a guy uh, groaning about um, want, like how much he loves killing prostitutes over just like a sort of like static rumbling in the background. Because you know you were talking about noise and like the mainstream stuff. Mm -hmm. Like when I joined up, I found out about noise in places where it was other artists sharing their own stuff. Yes. And noise I downloaded, I had to find from people's folders. Yes. So... I just got suggested for all the weeb stuff. 
Exactly. So, like, a lot of this American stuff, I don't know anything about the history of still. Well, uh, you got your start with, like, really looking into music. It was through sites that already had to do with, like, uh, Japanese media. Yeah. So it started with that, that um, sphere of, of, like, film, animation, video games and stuff. It wasn't... You didn't go into noise from, like... Like, people will listen to, like, Ramle or one of the famous, like, uh, one of the famous noise artists or something, and then they'll be inducted into it by, like, usually since they have some sort of shocked reaction or they're really interested because it's unstructured. But your introduction into it was actually not very well-known artists, I think, within, like, noise itself. Well, because we were all just sharing Japanese stuff. So there's people living over there that would just rip everything. Mm-hmm. We already talked about this last time, I think. I, I but think we did. It was, well, because we dipped into it because you were talking about foreign culture. And, right. But it was, was it like Masana? And it was like, like Masana. It was like a lot of the Japanese, Japanese noise stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Masana, CCCC. But I also stuff. collected, a, yeah, but like I collected a bunch of like compilations and like whatever people would send me. So like... There's stuff I downloaded from back then that I didn't it wasn't Japanese that I thought was just because it was like all being posted at the same time. So, it, not really a traditional entry, I guess, into noise in terms of people like looking up the genre. So it's sort of like a backdoor. Into... People would send stuff to me. Yeah. Mostly because we we're all chat we're chatting about it. So it's like it's like getting into to like visual K and noise and probably like breakcore artists and all of that stuff at the same time just as a sort of big like a like a, a massive stuff that doesn't necessarily have any association no i got into visual k at an anime convention mm-hmm. they had a room that would play music videos the entire weekend right okay and i learned i didn't know i just that's when i got into japanese music a lot more than i already was so it was through like the visual k the visual the anime to noise music pipeline I mean, I already knew about noise music, I think. At that point. But not much. Right. But, like, I never went down, like, the whole rabbit hole of noise. I made noise yeah. before I really found out about it. You were just making stuff. It was, yeah. Like, were you even consciously thinking, this is going to be music? Or, like, I'm making music? Or you were just... Well, I was, like, an experimental. Because mm-hmm. I was, like, a brand of electronic music back then. It wasn't... Well, it, I... But anyway, early, yeah. I mean, not to go back into that topic, but early internet experimental was its own tag. I think it's still used some of that times that way. But it was like it, they didn't know how else to classify something, so they would just call it experimental, and it would just you wouldn't even know what you were getting. I just feel like every time someone's like, "Do you know this band? Do you know this band?" And I'm like, "Is it American? Then I or Western? I don't know." Right. I've always feel like I shouldn't be like Discord server owner because I don't know all these noise bands because I haven't. <clears throat> That's fine. I mean, you're just coming from the the other angle. Mm. The the angle that you came from was what was, it was a more organic of making noise, not knowing that you were making noise, and then learning. Oh, there's a name for what I'm doing, and there are artists that make it. Um, and then I think I started listening to noise because there was this guy in high school who saw that like I was listening to like. Uh, he saw my record collection, basically, and I was listening to a lot of industrial music, and he was like, well, you should listen to this, this, and this, because it's, like, also good. And then that led to, like, I think the, the I think the first noise group, or the first introduction to it was, um, Einstein's and the Neubauten, mm-hmm. um, and 
the then I because I was on Kazaa, I just I also think I just searched like I was I found some way I don't remember what the method was but I just started searching the like I was like what's the scariest music on here mm -hmm. it's literally it was like as shallow as that I was just like what oh yeah what and it, it would lead to that so so that's cool to hear about what you've been listening to this week yeah um <laughs> So what I've been up to, mm -hmm. I saw a cam rip of the, the new Thor. What? 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You had a cam rip of the new Thor? Like, I watched it. The, at the, home. The, the Thor and love? Yeah. Love in the time of Thor? Love and thunder. Ah, uh, what's a, what's up with that? Well, the, the, the chick from the, the Star Wars movie that's in it? Uh-huh. She has cancer. And the big hammer that the Thor guy uses uh -huh. helps cure her cancer when she turns into a superhero. But it also accelerates it. So when she stops using the hammer, she's sicker. It's sicker each time. What the fuck is this movie? Are you fucking talking about right now? Thor: Love and Thunder. Okay. All right. Let's start over. It's a. It's an arc in the comics too. You mean you haven't read every single Marvel comic? So the... Wow. The film <laughs> is about a woman with cancer. Well, it's who, Thor's love interest from the last couple of So movies. Thor wants to... Wants to... 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 To, to go on a, a date with this woman. No. So Thor... Okay, so Thor lo likes this girl... And she has cancer, and so he gives his hammer to the girl with cancer. She finds it because it's been crushed and uh, somewhere, and then it gets back together for her. Oh, okay. So they reassemble Thor's hammer. No, the, the hammer reassembles itself. It's like I a sentient hammer. I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> I am the dumbest piece of shit you could. Well, people possibly say these movies, it. you know, are for the lowest common denominator, and the fact that you can't even understand them says a lot about your personality. This sounds highly intellectual to me. <laughs> I know it does. This it's is so actual, smart. This it's is not though. This is like this. That the hammer reass. This is surrealist bullshit. It's smart in sheep's clothing. It's yeah. Wait, no, that's wrong. It's what? it's a it's a smart guy in a dumb. It's is it's a is it a genius in a moron's clothing, or a smart uh, a moron in a genius's clothing? It's just trash in a trash bag. It is that like, smells nice because someone sprayed blad on it first. <laughs> Um, the, uh, so, so, uh, the hammer makes her have more cancer when she doesn't hold the hammer. When she has the hammer, her cancer stops. Correct. So it's just like real life. So they, they didn't just put her in a hospital and put the hammer like on her forehead. She finds out she has cancer and then she goes to like the store memorial mm -hmm. where his crushed up hammer is mm -hmm. and she's like, I felt it calling to me. She touches it and the hammer comes back together um, and then she holds it and she turns into like a Thor type person. Wow. Yeah. Do they fight a guy? They, they try to fight some people. Oh, there's the, the bad guy. It's called Gore the God Butcher because like... Oh, shit. Yeah, so he's like trying to kill all the gods in the, in the entire Marvel universe because of some guys mean to him two thousand years ago. But the so it's a real good role model for young white men. I think so. I don't think there's enough young white men who want to uh, kill everybody. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, um, especially I, spending a thousand years trying to do so. 
But the only god they can't slay is Cancer. I also saw Westworld. There's a new okay. season of that. I watched the first season of Westworld. Yeah. I if you I mean I I, I have a tendency to ramble. Um, I'll try to keep this brief. Uh, Westworld is like exactly the show I thought was made for me because I saw the original and I like the it. movies. The original Westworld, the Mike, like the one that's based on the Michael Crichton novel, right? That's made in like the seventies or the eighties or something. Yeah, there's a handful of movies from back then. Um, and the 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 original movie is it's kind of great. It's not great, but it's also pretty great. Um, it's not great because it basically doesn't have a plot, but it, I think it's great because it basically doesn't have a plot. It's it basically like a guy goes to Westworld and everything goes wrong, and then he doesn't, and then it, that's it. Like, it's, there's no real arc to it. It's just basically everything goes about wrong. See, the the show has its own arcs. It does. Because, like, have you, how much of it have you seen? I have seen the entire first season of it. Okay. To the end. Well, I've seen all of the seasons, and they do kind of, like, it starts to get more post-human about stuff. Because at first it's just like, oh, the robots with the park are acting up. Right. The- and now... I guess I'll spoil it, right? Yeah, like, okay, spoiler time. Spoiler alert. That's the... The robots eventually end up out in the outside world. Of course. And then there's some drama there. Of course. And things are, right now, are really bleak for the entirety of everything. And it's just, it just keeps getting more and more prestigious in its TV genre. They, I mean, that's in, that, that intrigues me, because I watched the first season and... Power Creek. I was... I liked it enough um one of the things it's made by christopher nolan i think the, the someone who i looked this up the other day it's not christopher nolan it's someone with a similar last name it's not related to him at all really yeah i looked him up because i have a lot of free time oh my God. to look things up and really thought it was christopher nolan yeah it feels like a christopher nolan film i don't think it does um the audio is too well mixed and the, like the action sequences actually make sense but the um the first season was intriguing to me, but I it's something about it lost me. I think it was like it felt like it was um it was not tying itself up very well. I'm not sure. It's one of those shows where you have to watch the first two seasons for like the first season's mm-hmm. narrative to wrap up. So it like it sounds like I might actually pick it back up again. If it if it gets bleaker and more um, into the, like, if it goes more into the top, cause, like, the, the show is most, like, the first season is mostly set in the park, and it's, like, about the, I, oh, the, I think the thing that was, was bugging me about the first season is it felt like a lot of time was wasted on twists, um, rather than, like, character, as much character exploration as I would have liked, because there were twists about, like, who is, a who is a robot and who's not a robot, and it was, I it was kind of, I thought it was easy. Yeah, they kind of start doing less of that, and it's just like, you should assume, like, they build the, they build the twist into, into it a lot easier now, because, like, you don't... That's actually a relief. I might now that they've introduced it. all the people, you know who's a robot and who's not, based right. on, like, now they're getting to a point where you can't tell anymore. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, again. Well, that's good. Now they're outside the park. But yeah, I watched that, and I, I watched uh, Thor, and um, I still haven't seen the last two episodes of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I've been watching Better Call Saul. 
Okay. And that just started a couple of weeks ago, either last, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. And all the, yeah, it's just TV shows. I saw the Miss Marvel on Disney Plus thing. Right. Uh, I watched Lamb. Is that with, is that, is that with um, Nicolas Cage? It's like an A24 movie. No. Oh no, it's the one with the lamb baby. Yeah. Was it good? I was really stoned. Did it work? And I wasn't paying attention for the first half, and so uh-huh. the second half I'm just like, oh, the lamb parents want revenge. Okay. Because uh, they're like, still stole this baby. I, like, I don't know. See, I've seen a lot of, I don't watch a lot of horror genre stuff, right. unless it's like some dumb novelty concept, like mm-hmm. beavers, or right. emus, or like the some New Zealand of, one. Some sort of animal that wants to kill Yeah, everyone. like crossover. Because it makes it a little bit more supernatural feeling without it being Christian. What's crossover? No, like, uh... Oh, crossover. The animals horror stuff where it's like zombie animals. Right. Um, instead of just like your church being cursed and a nun coming after you or some shit. Oh, yeah. Um, and on the flip side, I tend to watch the other kind of horror that you don't, which is like... Usually the ones that I'm like, most interested in are where someone's going insane. I like splatterpunk stuff, and I like the elevated horror... Uh, the A24 stuff and like the... I enjoyed that too. Like the prestige TV of horror movies basically <clears throat> type type stuff. I've, I've watched uh, most of the A24 like big horror films and they're they're fine. I'm trying to think of the last film... Oh, um, the... So we'll talk about media just a little bit, right? It's like kind of... Our... I'm trying to wrap this up. Oh, okay. Um, I guess the, the last point is I, the, the, I think the best horror film I watched recently is The Wailing which is from Korea, and uh, it's genuinely, like, puzzling and freaky. It's, like, three hours long, but I like that. Korean horror movies always hit different. Yeah, there's something about them that, like, they often, the the way that they're plotted doesn't, um, is not, is incongruous to Western Mm. movies, um, to where, like, it, it feels like there's a million, like, loose threads, but, uh, mood wise, and thematically, they, they, they tie up. So it's a different sort of effect it has on you. And usually, they're really scary. Because there's a constant... Like in the, at least in The Wailing, the, the, the horror of it is... The con- there's a constant paranoid uncertainty about what's really going on. Have you seen The Host? Uh... No. Is it worth it? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good to me. Now, remember, like, the first wave of, like, Korean horror movies that came here, like... Like Ho- the host, or like a Tale of Two Sisters, or like Save the Green Planet. <laughs> oh, I saw that. Tale of yeah. Two Sisters is good. They weren't really always horror, but they're still like psychological something or others. They, usually, there's a degree of tension that like uh, Western horror films don't like. They try to aim for. They often fall flat on. A lot of uh, Western stuff is just not subtle anymore. Like I need that tension. I need to work up to being scared. I want to be like afraid, not scared. I think that is the difference. Like, with The Wailing, the tension is in, like, the, the the horror comes in that you're, at a certain point, you're not sure what the, uh, the protagonist is supposed to do to avert a really awful, horrible disaster. Um, and it's constant, the film is constantly, like, flipping back and forth what he's supposed to do. And so the tension is in him trying to decipher supernatural shit beyond his comprehension. 
um, that if he makes like one wrong move, everything is going to fall apart, but he does not know what to do next. Okay. Yeah. And aside from some of those movies I've seen, um, I, was, I also played, uh, I beat Final Fantasy VII. I did a replay of that. The, did you do the original low-poly one or the remake? Well, I have, I've played the remake already, but the original PS1 version? Yeah. But, like, on the, P, the PC version, actually. Oh. So. Did it port well? Does it play fine? Yeah. Oh, good. I mean, it's from, like, 1997, so. Um, Sometimes those really fuck up. But. Well, they've redone it. Plus, um, it's not, like, just the CDs from the old days. But. Right. Oh, so you don't have to swap the fucking CDs. Excellent. Anyway, so... Uh, our segment today is about gender. Yes. Um, we're going to explore uh, gender abolitionism. Why? Yes. Why? Um, what is it? Mm-hmm. Why do we care? Mm-hmm. Um, and how can and, we alienate everybody listening to us by bringing up this topic? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. How can we make everybody hate us? So I'm 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 a transgender mm-hmm. woman. Correct. Um, I've, I'm post-op, which means my transition is over. Correct. Um, <laughs> yeah, good job, by the way. Yeah, thank you. It's fantastic. Um, now, I, I've had a gender dysphoria before, or I used to, um, where I thought my body was different than what it should have been, or my experience of the world was different than it should have been. Right. And so it caused me a lot of discomfort being treated certain ways that didn't make sense to me. Right. Um, and I had all these expectations put on me that I didn't understand and didn't want to participate in. Right. Um, there was a very clear, like, I don't want to be associated with men. I don't want to be a man. I don't like any of this performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, the only other option was being a woman. Um, I didn't know what non-binary was. I didn't know, I didn't know the word queer. I was just a, a child in the 90s. This is way before those discussions were beyond pretty closed circle. Like, it wasn't a widespread cultural debate at that point, I remember. Because mm-hmm. I remember in the 90s, um, the, the people's awareness of transgenderism uh, was very limited to, like, specific media and, like, news stories and things where it was used as a sort of novelty. I saw someone get the surgery on HBO after midnight. Oh, in the 90s? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, like the mid-2000s, actually. Oh. So maybe, it was, maybe it was also the 90s. I've seen them twice. I've seen, maybe it was the same one twice. And was it, was it framed as a, uh, like, as a freak show? Or was it... It was kind of educational. Respectfully? Like, the one I remember seeing on HBO was about this uh, lesbian who was, like, widely known in the lesbian community. Mm-hmm. And she decided that um, she was going to start living as a man. Mm-hmm. Is the, the context and the words they're using. Right. Um... And they showed, they talked to her, and then they talked to some other people, uh, some people who wanted, like, the surgery, and they showed some of the clips from a surgery. Mm-hmm. And so I got to learn, like, that the stuff is possible, right. and that I could have one day maybe act on that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I quickly learned that by communicating these feelings to people, that I was not, it was not safe to do so. So I had to perform these gender roles to survive. But also I had this idea that... I had this idea of gender that was being pushed on me in the first place. Mm-hmm. And over time, I've slowly learned to dismantle those expectations put on me. Right. Um, however, the question is, does gender otherwise still serve a purpose? Yes. That, that's the question. Yes. Um, 
difficult. I mean, the the the. I I feel like I have to preface the conversation by saying like the the absolute multiplicity of perspectives on this is impossible to like. It's impossible to approach um, like even a fraction of it because everybody definitely has their own perspective on how these things work. Yeah, but still so, okay to give your shot anyway. I think so. I mean, I, uh, on, on the contrary, like, basically, take everything I say, this is me, Mark, talking, um, can be, you can just assume as bullshit, because I don't experience dysphoria. I was born to a body that I'm cool with. However, um, I have a, I, there, there are a couple of things. Um, one is that I don't, like, at, at present, I use whatever pronouns people give me um, because I don't care. Uh, for, at um, one of my jobs, uh, people, and that, this isn't, it isn't even that long ago, because I worked with nothing but women, um, people would refer to me as a girl because I worked with nothing but women. Like, they would just call us all the girls, and I felt pretty comfortable with that. I didn't feel any opposition to that. Um, and when I was younger, uh, like in middle school, I started growing my hair out, and I looked exactly like a girl. And I essentially, like, to anybody's perspective on the street, people would be calling me a boy or a girl all the time. Um, and I actually don't really remember my reasoning behind this. I think I just didn't want, like, getting haircuts or something, like, when I was young. That's enough. Um, I, I hated getting haircuts, so I was like, I don't want to get my haircut anymore. I'm just going to grow my hair out long. Um, and for a while, it was, like, shoulder length. Um, and I looked so much like a girl that, uh, my, like, my dad was getting asked. Like, I, I had a photo of myself, like, with a fish that I caught. And people would ask, like, you know, oh, what's your daughter's name? How old is she? And that kind of thing. And my mother used to, jokingly, and she's, she's an awful person, so I hate her, just to be clear. Um, so this wasn't, this was not, like, a, a affectionate thing. She would, like... Like, she would, like, genderize, she would, like, feminize my name to refer to me because I was, like, she thought I was, like, looked like a girl. So she would, like, call me Marquita as a joke. Um, and at the time, it felt, I felt really weird when she would do that because it felt like she was suggesting something that wasn't really happening. But, and when I was in school, like, I, I would, you know, be, like, you know, brushing my hair or, like, pushing my hair out of my face or that kind of thing and people would like it, it's obvious like as soon as I was starting to shift towards looking like be like not it was hard to tell if I was a boy or a girl people would start to make fun of the way I was like playing with my hair or touching my hair obviously as soon as you start to shift towards feminine behavior people start to degrade you or like start to just be it's just like instinct like reflexively people start to behave in a way that's like dehumanizing right um and for a long time i had long hair and i probably people probably assumed that i might be trans or might like be transitioning but i was completely oblivious to this because i just like having long hair um but uh i have never actually strongly associated myself with masculinity in any sense um and i feel like being womanly is like i have always i've i've always strived to be more womanly even though i don't have any issue with 
gendering myself, like being gendered as male. My my concern is is you you've had to experience gendered expectations, and you felt dysphoria because outside expectations were being put on you that you didn't agree with. So you kind of experience this inverse dysphoria thing where it's like I don't have dysphoria about my body, but I have dysphoria about the observations you're making that are inaccurate what, and baseless or something. It, essentially, like I, I I don't talk about it a lot because I it does like I don't wanna to put that into it's not the same experience as somebody who is trans because they they experience a completely different harsher sort of well yeah but it's not yeah, a competition like we, we all experience expectations yeah. that are maybe a bit too much or, or weird or right. bad so we, we take that out of it um the yeah like if like uh what i experienced was being comfortable with my body but finding discomfort in how people saw me despite that. So it was kind of like the reverse experience. People so that, saw me as a girl, but I wasn't. And so how does that experience tie into your views on gender abolitionism? Um, well, what I... I mean, I guess using that experience as a basis, um, the... I... I'm one, I actually wonder if that experience or, like, what I was doing there was attempting to, like... Because there was a point in middle school around that age where I tried to sort of, like, basically break down or destroy all my own expectations of myself. That's and, very mature of you. And stop. Yeah. No, really. Like, I get... I, I stopped. I tried... I, I sort of just, like, tried to, like, mentally reset myself because I wasn't happy with who I was. And, um... The... I realized without having, a like, the words for it that, um... I didn't really associate myself with... as... as... I didn't think of myself as a man or as male gender. Mm -hmm. um, but I also didn't, I, I guess, I know either out of like n not giving a shit or because maybe, probably because I didn't have like the trauma of, of dysphoria because how it affects you, it's traumatic. Um, I didn't mind being called a boy or whatever because I didn't also, I didn't see being called a boy as a bad thing. Right. Um, which... But like so, ultimately, like to to me at that point, I think that is where I, I inside myself, I abolished the idea of myself as having a set gender, mm. or removed the idea of gender as an identity from myself. Right. And I thought if I basically whatever happens after this point as an expression of myself that is in it's like I think that like that's where we're. Like, if, if we're talking about, like, why we're gender abolitionist or what that means, it was that, like, my, the, the, if I can go through that experience, um, which is a very sort of, like, sort of in-between sort of state, um, there isn't a gender uh, identity label or expression that actually can encapsulate what's happening, like, because it's shifting, my expectations of myself are shifting. The expectations of the outside world are kind of there. It's like monolithic. It's 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 this giant power structure that exists outside of yourself. I, that, like identifying myself as something wasn't a was was conducive to. Uh, it was like non. It sort of for myself was non-restrictive. 
So I could basically, if I wanted, like, growing my hair out, or basically whatever I did with myself, or how I spoke, or how I sat, or whatever, it, um, it's too... It, assigning an identity to it seemed like... Uh, it wasn't going to accomplish anything for myself. Um, that's just speaking personally. Um, but uh, the the idea of what what the, the the thought process that came out of it was that um, the gender was like the idea of uh, gender identity. What if I had tried to assign one or more to myself? It was going to create more um, sort of problems and questions than it was going to solve, and my con like the idea of abolishing gender is to abolish the I like sort of the uh, prescriptive or uh, encapsulating. Right, because gender seems to be more prescriptive than descriptive, whereas like sex markers are descriptive. Correct. And as something that's prescriptive, I don't want to be part of what you're prescribing to me. Or putting on me. Like, I don't be weighed down by other people's expectations. One thing that crossed my mind was that, like, <clears throat> already there is a public consciousness or a public discriminatory consciousness, even in an ironic sense, of non-binarism. Right. Does that make sense? Like, non the whole idea of non-binarism as a gender, or to be non-binary was as a sort of, like, it was a, a, supposed to be sort of a liberating thing, or an escape from, from definition. Right. Does that sound correct? Supposed to be. What seems to be, what I see anyway, like, online, it's, and it's often filtered through humor and, like, meta-humor reference and irony, even among people who are um, quite open-minded, who aren't, like, say, like, you know, like, biologically essentialist or gender essentialist now, or reactionary. What are those terms? Gender essentialist, biological, oh, what now? Oh, biological essentialism is like the turf thing where men and women are, are, are set. And turf is trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Right, which is pretty, pretty well known at this point, okay. but it's good to define it still. Um, and then, like, gender essentialist is, like, saying that, like, men and women, like, like the, the male gender and the female gender are set, are a set, like, uh, are a fixed set of uh, behaviors that are associated with, like, immutable sex. Basically, they're saying these things are immutable, that they're fixed, and that we have to fit them or something's wrong with us. And this is already starting to make you laugh, I think, because of how ridiculous it is to say. No, but, just, that's something... Word association, never mind. Okay. When someone says word immutable, I always want to make a certain Web3 joke. But anyway, <laughs> Um, The... What I was seeing with, like... Because non-binary is supposed to be liberation from the binary of gender, but it's uh, a binary gender, but it... it People have already started to build their own associations and expectations that come with being non-binary, uh, whether it's humor, like ironic or it's serious, that it has, that it seems to start to already have started to become its own sort of uh, encapsulation of a identity. No, see, I I identify I identify as void gender because I suck in all the genders and turn them into spaghetti, which is that's beautiful to me. 
Well, because it's like a threshing process. Or like, it, you... If you take a gen like if you you any particular gender that's been that's been what how, when people create a gender what do you call it what are they doing when you create a gender is it where does it come from where is it imagined from um, a lot of times new genders will pop up um, in books or fiction like mm -hmm. some of the earlier ones like I know um, Zane Zer no V and Ver were from like a science fiction book to right. that some aliens used who had like a different perspective perspective on gender, right. and now that's being used IR in in real life. Right. Um, now, when I was on the asexual Discord server, mm -hmm. we had a lot of discourse about gender. Also, sure, know, absolutely part of the umbrella. Right. Um, and I would suggest things. I would nudge. Definitions. Mm -hmm. I was in charge of the glossary. Okay. Had, like on a Google document thing. Right. Um, you know, I was the one writing the definitions. Mm -hmm. So some of these genders and stuff, I would go look on gender wiki or whatever, and I'd condense them into easy to understand stuff. Sure. Um, but people just, I would, read, I would read the footnotes of who invented these things, and it was just a lot of random stuff. Stuff because like inventing new genders was a huge thing on Tumblr, right? So there's a ton. So it was posts, and there's a bunch of like troll ones too, right? Like Clover Gender and like um, some other stuff. But yeah, which I mean that that process then sounds like it's exploitable. If you want to take like if you wanted to take the the like the the production of, it sounds weird to use that term, but production of gender well, seriously. these people who don't take it seriously and want to troll gender using those avenues of um, just making up too many, mm -hmm. I almost kind of, like the end goal I can understand. Like if sure. you just make gender so ubiquitous, nobody can make sense of it anymore. Mm -hmm. It might as well not be a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, because like, when I say gender abolitionism, I don't mean that gender's going away. I mean that gender's going to be relatively functionless. It'll mm -hmm. hold no more utility. It's not that it won't exist, it's that it won't matter enough to anyone for us to go around having these blogs about it or talking about it like we are. It's just going to be so accepted. Nobody cares. You can still have it, but nobody will care. It's, It'll just ask for your pronouns at the beginning of the day and that, or whatever, and it'll all be okay and no one will care. That's what I want. Because ultimately what it... it the Like, the... I wouldn't say it's a concern of mine, because uh, the thing is, a lot of it, like, I, like I said at the beginning, grain of salt, like, a lot of times when people criticize these things or troll about these things, they're... <laughs> they're <laughs> Sweaty boobs, all right? Yeah, you're gonna get, you're gonna get undersweat. You get undersweat? No, because I'm usually, like, having fan blow on me and I'm oh. not, like, sweating. Because it gets really hot in this bitch. I mean, in this place. That's a... That is a gendered problem. Wow. Did you just gender my cat? I... <laughs> um, they, um... The weird thing about gender, though, is, is that because I'm trans, I'm allowed to make fun of gender, but because right. you're not, everything you say is all of a sudden insensitive and you well, need to stay in your lane. That's why I wanted to say grain of salt, because, like, the, these, they're, I don't, I don't want to, um, a lot of these discussions are important for people like developing their sense of self. So I don't want to, I don't, it's very easy to interpret like the way, like to talk about it. Cause also it gets fouled up like right now, the, like, like the, the cultural battlefield, I hate the term, but I guess whatever you want to call it of like, cause like 
uh, of like uh, this. It's not because gender criticism or gender crit is its own category of thought that people label themselves with, right? Which is really amusing because the they're like critiquing labels and right. the creation of them, but they made one for themselves anyway. Um, where they're like gender crit is basically like uh, trans exclusionary radical feminism, just in another couch, another term. Um, that unlike it's not necessarily a criticism of that process. I think the process is still important for some people to, to delve their sense of self um, to discuss it. It's where um, there's no terms that are like radical inclusive something, like radically know. inclusive. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. It's sort of like I guess implied. I don't know, <laughs> but it's not. Though. But it's not. Um, it's very muddy. Uh, the, but what I the. I don't have a concern about gender. I don't want to say I'm being critical of the creation of new genders, but what I'm... What purpose the, does it serve? The What utility is, in, is there? The statement that I made pre-show was that I ultimately feel that gender is reactionary. And why um, do you think that? The Well, the I mean, the original formation... I mean, the in, in, in terms of reactionaryism can... It's it's in terms of its temporality or how it relates to history. Um, reactionaryism doesn't have to be a reaching like a reaching for the same or reaching for the past that far back, uh, because pre-Western society gender systems were very different. Um, so re I think gender now the concept is reactionary to the binary gender of the Western world that we've. Had, had we had to deal with the consequences of, uh, so not that far back in history, but still, you know, a little bit back. Like fair enough. I feel like marriage is a vestigial ritual from the Black Plague era, is where we needed to repopulate. And it, originally, I think marriage was like, I mean, biblically, uh, since we're talking about like Western society and like Judeo-Christian influences, uh, marriage was like a social organization tool. Like at a certain point, like you got married because. It was a way of. It seemed to be like a way of keeping people like in in order. Right. But as far as gender roles is mm -hmm. like, you would split up the housework, mm -hmm. and maybe that just is kind of how things started. It was like a system. Like if like in Leviticus, there's rules about like if you if you rape a woman, you have to marry her. Mm. It was a. It was like this. It was like a rule, basically, if you re I remember reading Leviticus, it's like basically saying, like, this is a problem we're having. People are, like, like people are raping people, so I don't know how to stop them from raping people, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell them that if you rape someone, you at least have to take responsibility for them financially and, like, in their family, which is a horrible solution to the problem, but it was, like, what they came up with. It was, like... You you rape this person, and if they're gonna have a kid, you have to take care of them. Damn, um, I'd have at least three marriages by now. Oh shit! Oh shit! That's a that's a that's a you could go really far on Twitter with that. You could go viral on that. Yeah, one. but fuck that bird site. Fuck that bird site. I'm never on there. Um. What you're touching on, though, is, like, basically gender... It's, like, it is, it is relative to, like, labor and economics as well. So, like, it's, these gender roles were created as a sort of economic and, and social labor tool to determine who's doing what. Um, it's react, Gender, ultimately, is reactionary to the way that that was constructed. So the thing is, 
you responded to expectations in a separate way than I did. Correct. But we both had to confront our gender and make similar um, similar conclusions, mm-hmm. even though you're trans. I'm trans. Well, even though I'm trans and you're not. Right. As far as we know. Right. Um, I, that's the other thing. Like that's what I was trying to. The impression I was trying to make earlier is I at any point I've all like part of that 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 gender abolition thing in myself was at any point I could realize that I am trans and I I need to transition my body. Right. And I would have to accept that. Like I've always left that open in myself that that's what happens. That's the way it has to be. So I like to to to. Uh, like a, a gender identity, to to shift it to to shift it seems arbitrary. To like right. to select it and then reselect it and sort of like slot it in and out. Um, I it might just be that like way my brain works and other people's brains work more categorically. See, my only, the only reason I'm trans is because mm-hmm. um, I wanted the attention. Ah, you're just like the you're. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That's that. It's that thing. It was trendy. It was it was trendy, and it's made your life way easier. Now. Sure has. Because uh, women, guys hold the door open for me. Guys hold the door open for you. Uh, women uh, trust you to walk into their house and eat all their food and just give you whatever you want. Usually. Um, and uh, basically, life's a dream now that you're a woman. Yeah. You never have any problems. Everyone's just so chivalrous all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and people give me free pads. Um, right. And you get, uh, you, you never, no one's violent towards you. The systems are violent, but people aren't. Where's the diff, where do the, where does the, the where does the line? Where is the line between the system and the people that compose the system? I don't know, but I'm sure some people think about that question and end up with a lot of people dead the next day. Yeah! But hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully it doesn't come to genocide. Yeah. Yeah. Genocide bad. We would never want a genocide. I know. I agree. I like xenocide, though. Like killing all aliens? Well, if we ever get invaded... We have to kill. Yeah, we have to I'm gonna have inside. to. Yeah, we have to kill all the aliens, or they'll kill us, or they'll turn us into weird egg. Like, uh, have you ever seen a UFO? Bodies. Those things got lasers. Yeah, I don't like lasers. Don't uh, do terrible things to my body. Lasers are systemically not racist. If I'm exposed to a laser, I get a hell of because they're all the colors. I get. I turn all kinds. I I get really goopy. Yeah, so I, gender... <laughs> I split right in half. If you expose me to a laser, I, I burn up like I'm... I'm laser gender. I No amount of sunscreen is going to protect me from that laser. But, See, uh... <clears throat> yeah. Sunlight and lasers are like a spectrum of colors. Yes. Um, and we can only perceive, with our tools, so many. With, our, with gender, there's no line between the different genders except for the ones that are based on sexual characteristics. The two. Yeah. Or the, the three, the intersex. There's three because there's intersex. Um, right. Intersex is interesting. So, are there there are any societal expectations of an intersex person except to like conform to one or the other gender? Right. Is that correct? I don't even know. Tell you, they have to. There's a lot them. of expectations on other on like all the genders except for the. Well, I mean, the xenogenders get put in there too, different stuff. But like. Well, it's it seems. I mean, like if you ask your own random asshole on the street. Basically, they think there's men, women, and freaks. 
so that like that is how a lot of people's ideas reduce down to. Yeah, I know. Like sometimes I get called an unhinged troon mm -hmm. by certain sex, sex sections of the internet. Yeah, and it's like, well, okay, I, I'm kind of unhinged, but it's not because I'm like, trans. If you take it at face value. Like, I feel like anybody would be mentally ill if they were treat, being treated like you treat us. So, basically, yeah, like, they're trying to use this, like, as an attack on you, but they're basically just describing... It's a post-hoc justification. 41%? 41%? 41%? You should kill yourself. Oh, you're mentally unhealthy? Then, oh, we're gonna separate these two reasons. <laughs> Definitely not because I threatened to kill you a thousand times with a thousand different thought accounts. Right. Um, the... The, the question of, like, the utility of gender, like, when I say gender's reactionary, the utility of gender ultimately feels like, um, it's... It's like, if I call myself queer, I can go hang out with the queer community. If I say trans femme, I can go to trans femme events. There's... Right. <laughs> it, it... The... I understand the, like, the, um... I feel like it, it's reactionary, but kind of like in also in sort of like an like an, there's a there's a there's an effort to of protest in it, but it still has a there's still a reaction the reactionary quality of it is still to um, is the categoriz categorization of things that are ultimately too fluid and uh, intangible to have meaning within a, a massive array of categorization. Category, I feel like I'm saying the word wrong. Categories. Um, your approach being all genders are acceptable, and so there's, they become ubiquitous, is ultimately the same as nullification. Is that what, uh, that sounds like... What you were is saying. that a difference between abolitionism or something? No, it's the same. Yeah, because like, socially speaking, if gender is not important enough to be hated anymore, mm -hmm. which you know is not something that will happen overnight or in a hundred years even, I don't know. But like, we still got like race. Well, I mean, there's so much fascism happening in all segments of mm -hmm. all these systems. It's like, well, which one do we? Oh god, it's overwhelming, you know, it's like, yeah. damn. But, my, yeah, like my, my, I guess my most pro-gender category uh, perspective would just be, would be the protest aspect of it, because, like, there's stronger reactionary attitudes towards biological essentialism or uh, gender and biological sex being associated as deterministic and, and ultimately fatalistic aspects of a person. That you're born a certain way, it creates your behavior, and deterministically uh, places you in society a certain uh, capacity and expectation of behavior. That I want people to be yeah. treated fairly, whether or not their gender is this or that. Right, exactly. And I say fairly, I mean equitably. So like, there might be things women can't do because they're shorter and their bones are thinner. Mm -hmm. And when I say women, I mean like... AFAB. AFAB. Or assigned female at birth. But people who are born, who gestated in the womb uh, under certain conditions. Yeah, should have said like... Female sex, or whatever the words are now, it's, but like yeah. womb havers. No, that doesn't even work either. But well, like, there's there's no good. This is another. I mean, go on before I. There's too many lines to read between. The I mean, one of the things, the gender abolitionism I also feel like is important to divorce, um, 
expectations from the your your physical circumstances from your expectations of your behavior and and how you will develop and how what kind of person you'll become. So I'll hang out or I'll not hang out, but like I'll notice like queer coded dress and speech and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you'll see like very clear lines of demarcation between the way trans men dress, mm -hmm. the way trans femmes dress, and the way like AFAB non-binary people dress versus yeah. the way a men it's like it's all these insular communities and like they're all huddling around these identities instead of just integrating, but that's a lot less safe. That's... I want to make it safe for trans people and gender non-conforming people to make it, all that stuff like more meaningless by their participation in making it more ubiquitous. So like, I want that gen gender matters to a lot of people right now. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to always be like that. Right. And so they're part of the protest, while me talking about my the end goals is also part of the protest. Right. They have to work in concert with each other. So like these people who like really are into gender don't like it when I say we should abolish it because we're not there yet. They're not in that headset where they don't see the end goal because over the window, etc. You know. Yeah. What what because of the danger and like the power structures that people exist in. Um, we're going to take a short break. One, I think that this people who don't conform to like the higher level of reactionary, like violence and attitude towards gender binaryism and like by bi like you know biological sex being the be all like being uh, fixed. Right. Um, and fixes men and women in a binary. Um, they're being under attack all the time uh, automatically puts you in a defensive position, which is understandable. And I think that's why we, like, the idea of gender abolitionism is similar to how people react to the ideas of, like, anarchism uh, politically, like political anarchism, where the concern is that um, people, like, basically they're like, if, if, if there's anarchy, then I am... I am I'm vulnerable because there's there there aren't there's no structure to protect me. So like if um, like the idea of gender abolitionism, the, just the word abolitionism sounds to people like I want you I want I want to abolish your gender, which means you need to detransition or something like that. Which is it's the opposite. Well, I used to use the term gender nihilism, but yeah. then the discourse started using abolitionism instead because mm -hmm. um, they both kind of spurred up around the same time. I, I might actually prefer gender nihilism because it has, I mean, nihilism has its own negative connotations and people can kind of, you know... Yeah, but it's easier to explain away nihilism's, yeah. like, negative connotations pretty easily. A lot of people have that down pat by now. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, ultimately, like, if you want to use the term gender nihilism, like, the term gender nihilism relative to, like, the philosophical nihilism, like, like Nietzschean uh, mm. philosophy, is... Um, it, like it, it's it's finding like Nietzschean philosophy was to like kill God and find your own power. Yeah. So the like if you want or like gender Nietzscheanism or something like that. Like we're basically we're saying you're you're uh, well yeah. There's only two genders: those in control and those aren't. I don't know if anyone's ever said that before. Yeah. That would it, that that's a that's a statement. That like. 
like the gender of have and the gender of have not. Well, you were talking about Nietzsche, so I figured we'd talk about the genealogy of morals a little bit. Sure. I'm a, I'm a moron, but we can. What, oh, well, I don't know much <laughs> about it, but I do know he talks a lot about those who have and those who have not. Yeah. Like, right. in the context of, like, social power and, like, master-slave right. dynamics. But that was in the 1800s. Yeah, it, a lot of the stuff he said sounds really fucked up on the surface. That, that's what, like, dissuaded me from reading Nietzsche for a long time. Um... But, uh, the, or maybe gender, gender anarchism, or I don't know, but the, I, the, basically the idea is I don't want anyone to detransition. I don't really want there to be a necessity of the process of transition. It's really just finding the correct biological equilibrium for yourself uh, with the tools that we have available and the, like, technology we have available is exactly what I want for everybody, um, regardless of however you're born, <clears throat> Like, when people say that biological sex doesn't exist, I interpret that as them saying that, like, uh, how people come out of the womb is uh, not deterministic or shouldn't be deterministic for, like, their future. Um, because if you... The, the process of transitioning ultimately... Like, I guess if you were... Like, you could take, a, like, maybe, like, the cynical perspective on gender nihilism is, like, if, if there's no gender, then there's no transgenderism. There's no transitioning your gender. But the idea of there being no transition between two states, to me, seems ideal. It's actually just a growth process or a balancing process, mm -hmm. biologically. Because that's what we're looking... Like, people who are, 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 who are transitioning... I, I don't know, because you transition, so I don't know if that sounds correct or not. Well, I feel like a liar when I explain all of this to people. I explain my personal identity to people because I'm like, first I'm like, yeah, I'm non-binary and I'm trans femme. Yeah, uh -huh. I'm void gender. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm on HRT and I'm getting hormones. No, I don't use they pronouns. Right. But like, what does all that mean to somebody else? Like, they're just going to treat me like shit anyways. Well, it, I mean, ultimately, for most people, especially people who are like, like cis people, it's just, it's a bunch of, like, noise that they have to humor that is normally what yeah. it is like either they're nice about it or they're not but people listen to it and they're like oh okay you're fucked up i got it thanks yeah. like that's literally how people like the majority of people who fit the gender binary mm -hmm. react to anyone talking about gender or transitioning right and that's kind of why i wanted to focus on the utility yeah like as you can convince people that it's useful when talking to another person to respect them you don't have to remember their rap sheet of gender, mm -hmm. but you should address them, like, like, I don't know why it's so hard to explain to people that, like, honorifics are a thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, because I know in Japan, sorry to keep bringing up the other uh, no, no, language, great. but, like... It's really important, I think. Like, so you'll use, um, if you don't know, okay, so if you don't know somebody very well, yeah. you'll say, like, their last name, son, mm -hmm. but if you'll, or something, but if you know them really well and you consider them your friend, you use their first name. Right. And I know they do that here, but like over there, they're really particular about it. There's a structure. It, there's a to lot it. more meaning behind it. Right. Over here, it might be just like a little disrespectful to call, not say "miss" in front of someone's first name, and, and as a, if you're a teacher. Yeah. But if you're or like not calling your professor the right name, these people like impositions. And the, usually, those are specific to certain contexts or structures. Right. Like at your job, at school, or in um, situations where the honorific like. There's some sort of um, uh, ritual to right. what you're 
you, why you're there. And some of the, the, the honorifics are age-gated and gender-gated. Right. But, like, not all of them. Like, not the adult ones. The adult no. ones have way less gender in it. What you're talking about is really important, I think. Um, because, first of like, the first thing is, first of all, it's very structured. Right. It's, it's, it, it, there's, a, there's a history to it. So it's specific to, like, this region, language, and people. Like, a culture. Um, so it's, like, there's a lot going on there that is hard to perceive if you're not from there. But the point is that it, it's structured, and there is, a, there is a tradition behind it. And it's not necessarily, like, a reactionary structure. And it's not like Japan's necessarily even friendly to trans people as far as their rules and structure goes. Correct. But from, like, a logistical, linguistic standpoint, it yes. feels a lot more neutral than anything we have over here. I think the basic point is that it is built around, um, a, like, a system of mutual respect. Right. It's, I want that baked into our system over here somehow. Right. But we gender each other mm -hmm. way more than necessary. I can't. Okay, I don't want to go into a shop and be called sir. Right. I just want to be like treated. I don't want any gendered. I don't want anyone gendering me unless they know me. Correct. So maybe it's I watched too much anime growing up, mm -hmm. where it's like I don't want strangers referring to me in a certain way. Um, you're a stranger. I want, like, a neutral, respectful space when I'm with a stranger in a public area. I, Gendering yeah. people like that reinforces gender stereotypes in general. So, And if you're trans, it's just doubly more upsetting. But for you, it just might be like, maybe I should cut my hair. Or, or right, there's, well, because I don't have a trauma response. But they're, right, but they're still both upholding the same systems. Correct. And the, the point, like, I think... <clears throat> The, the point of misgendering someone in Western society is to draw attention to um, a way in which they've transgressed. Right. It's essentially isolate. It's like it's pinpointing and attacking a weak point in them relative to uh, expectations. And it puts a target on your back. Right. It's, there's, I mean, besides, like, besides just it being disrespectful, it also... It, it can dog whistle to people that you should be killed. Right. If they, it, it like, there's, there's, a, there's a great amount of loaded violence in misgendering. Um, the reason why people don't take it seriously here is they're not aware of the, like, that, I guess. Like, the, the importance of having a gender neutral, non, like, not, like, a gender neutral term that uh, you use if you don't know somebody's situation. I don't want to have to correct the barista on my pronouns. I want my coffee. Right. Right. Now, the, 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 actual, the actual utility of this is, like, super, super, super... I don't like powerful. being reminded that my pronouns exist. The, like, at... The reason why, like, gender, like, talking about gender nihilism, the importance of that is that pushing for the, like, a manner of, of communicating with each other that respects non-familiarity. So that business, like, not, not business, but, like, that we can carry, like, people can carry on with their lives without worrying about threat, the threat of being misgendered or the disrespect mm -hmm. of being misgendered, um, that eliminates it from... It adds a whole yeah. layer of safety yeah. for people uh, like being trans in public. It won't matter what you, how you dress or how well you pass. 
people feel less people might feel less pressured to get these surgeries or FFS if they know they can go out in public and not be harassed or at least go in not even in public but into stores right because not be harassed that a big a big like reactionary transphobic like push politically and in the news is like on like the focus people cling to like detransitioning and the dangers mm-hmm. of surgery and all that um, and the but but and specifically on how like they feel they they're talking about how they feel people are being pressured into this dangerous life altering surgery or whatever to um, so that they can meet certain expectations and it's like obviously they flip the issue around from like uh, like an, empath- an empathic one to an aggressive one because that dynamic very well could exist where someone is trying to meet a gendered expectation and does feel like they have to change their body in order to be safe. And they end up going through with something that um, that they uh, perhaps didn't want to. I mean, like, I think that detransitioning is really blown up as a problem because uh, a lot of people who detransition, um, it's not that, like, detransitioning is a point of flipping backwards. Like, it's a reactionary thought that detransitioning is, like, you transition, then you detransition because you realized that trans issues are bullshit. That, that is not true. Like, most people who detransition, um, it's part of a process of trying to figure themselves out. They're trying to find, like, I still think of it as a biological equilibrium and an identity, like, biology and your sense of self reaching an equilibrium where you don't hate yourself. You don't hate your body and who you are. Right. Like, we were talking about this pre-show, I think, mm-hmm. where it's like, if I hadn't experienced any weird expectations, would I have still wanted surgeries? Would I have still wanted hormones? It's it's a topic that I know, like, to bring up freaks people out. Well... Um, and I understand why. Well, when I was younger, I didn't want to wear women's clothes. Right. I wanted to be a woman. But I didn't want to dress or, like, do the societal expectations back then, either. I, I felt like I was in the wrong body, but did I feel like that because that was the discourse or the rhetoric around trans people at that time? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, the, and the thing is, like, women wear all kinds of clothes. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, well, women, I didn't know that back then. Right. Like, the the problem is that people that like that like the if you're assigned female at birth, you really can wear whatever the fuck you want, and. I mean, people might call you names, like if they think you're wearing ugly, mannish clothing. But you, women wear whatever the fuck. They wear t-shirts, pants, whatever. Right. So any trans person should obviously be able to dress that way. The problem is they run into, they they run into a problem where transphobic people, basically everybody has these expectations of them to feminize. Right. Um, like in terms of the like the way that they. Uh, present themselves like drape them, what they drape themselves in. They are expected to feminize um, because, like, there's pressure from all sides. Of there was a homeless shelter that kicked me out because they they told me that I needed to shave better, wear a skirt, or put on makeup. Right, which is like there's a women's only shelter, yeah. and I like just moved here, which is transphobic. Like, yeah. In, I mean, beyond transphobic, it's just incorrect. Like, you need help. It doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Right. If you need help, and you're going to the woman's shelter, and you're saying, you know, I experienced... You're saying... I mean, you even could tell them. I experienced this... I had already changed right. my driver's license to... I already changed my name. Right. I'm not sure if I had changed my gender marker at that point. I think I had. Uh-huh. 
But there, well, so you even went through the, 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 the bullshit process of changing all that crap and paying the money and all the bullshit that goes with it. So you went through that awful shit to, um, you, you, you go to them, you just need help. You're showing them like, I, here's like, here's my womanness as I've been able to document it. And as I can tell you, and if you take me in good faith, I experience it. I need help. Right. I'm just so used to people not believing me for stuff, and especially the way they treat, they'll use any excuse to treat trans people poorly. Yeah. I figure I should probably get my shit in order so I can just get the normal arguments out of the way. Right. Which is like, um, all, I mean, we preface with, um, the current state of affairs is obviously absolutely horrifyingly dire, and there's, like, mass amounts of pressure to eliminate, uh, like, even transitioning, period, or whatever. Like, basically, trans get rid of trans people is happening right now. So, bear all that in mind. I'm aware of it. You're aware of it. Of the trans like, side? Yeah, like, I don't, like, uh, I don't expect people to, uh, to go through the legal bullshit if they can't, because sometimes you just can't, if you live in a state where they'll kill you, yeah. or whatever, or, like, where somebody, like, if you take it to a government, like, if you take it to a government office, the people in the government office know the police, the police officer is extremely transphobic, you know, kills you. Yeah, that's kind of what happens around uh, here in Seattle. Is it? Yeah, the, they'll just kill people. It's true, though, they will just kill people. Yeah. Yeah. Why'd you kill people in Seattle? It's a liberal paradise. Yeah, liberals say they are fine killing people as long as they do it for... As long as they say they'll cut taxes, it's fine to kill people. Liberals... Or add taxes. I don't remember. Are, um, grinning death machines. Little grinning death machines. On scooters. I don't trust politicians. I... They all, they all want to control my reproductive systems and it's just awkward. Because I don't have any. Right. You don't have a reproductive system. Does it make me uh, subhuman to conservatives, too? To not have a reproductive system? Yeah. I think it does. Like, I honestly think that the conservatives are like a fertility cult and a death cult at the same time, somehow. There's a... Yeah. It's very... That's its own topic, which would be cool to talk about at some point. Um, like, to... But that, like... The, the, they're, to, the shortest way I can put it is, the, the sphere, like, the gestalt mm. of their, of their in-group is, they see the same material reality that we do so vastly differently, like, they interpret all things mm. so vastly differently that it is like they're living in a completely different world than we are. Yes. And part of that, and like whenever, if you're looking at an in-group as part of the out-group and you're looking at their internal, because all the shit that's going on in there, they're having their own discussions and they're just all, like, they're basically, they're like, if I think of like an in-group, uh, political group, social group as a computer, like a... Yeah, but I grew up in the Bible Belt, so it was like part of those systems that was around, yeah. like, in them, but not really trying to participate them authentically, though. When, okay, in that, in that place, in the Bible Belt... Is it the the impression that I get? Because I'm from the liberal West Coast. My family's from Michigan, but my we're from Portland. And, um, is it in that place? Um, is it like is there's a really strong sense of outside versus inside, right? Like basically, like the like because it's a conservative place. The systems and the people are 
they all sort of network together with an idea that there's a crazy world outside and there's a world inside that they're trying to protect. Yeah, everyone goes to church for the mutual aid and, like, mm -hmm. togetherness of it, and then everyone else who doesn't go to that church is, like, a social outcast to them. And it, it's that, there's, like, multiple layers to that. Right? Yeah. And so in that... Inside that system, you... How did you see things? Like, how did you... How did you not... How did you... No, become like counter to that how did you not network with that was it just because your, your brain was different or something I don't like the idea of saying my brain was different but um, they were using that like quoting the bible and interpreting it in really unhealthy ways that were causing me harm I guess when I said brain is different, like, you just, you thought different for some reason. Like, yeah, I thought different. Like, I didn't like being forced to go to church, and it made me think about, like, how to argue them out of being this oppressive to me. Or whatever. So, like, I had to roleplay that, like, I liked it. Mm -hmm. Or that just, like, stay alive. Mm -hmm. So, like, I've been in there being like, yeah, maybe these people aren't great. Or whatever. But even in, like, Sunday school, I'd be like, why do we have to hate Muslims for I don't mm -hmm. get it, because it was, like, after 9-11. Right. And then, but the transgender stuff never came up. It was always, like, the other, but it was, okay. But the thing is, it was always against the other. Sure. There's this nebulous other, and yeah. it doesn't matter who their target is, it's all the same tact rhetorical tactics of obfuscate and confuse, because mm -hmm. they already know that everyone on their side is confused and uneducated in the first place, for the most part. And that's the, uh, the the uninformed people will be more likely to dislike gender and stuff. So they have these like locuses, loci of control. Sure. And gender is just one of them because it's easy to confuse people on. And if you keep these people in fear, they they do more of what you tell them. That's what you saw when you were there. Yeah, everyone was keeping. Be, they were like intentionally being misinformed mm -hmm. and being lied to by like the systems and stuff. Like the Southern Baptist can had their headquarters in Nashville and their fucking propaganda like just these line item things of like here's our stance on this verse or something and this is the official stance and if you're a preacher and you want to be associated with Southern Baptist Convention you have to like preach this line it's and, really say, and say yeah it's super authoritarian and I saw that and I'm like I don't want to be a part of this right um, but I had to still be a part of it and I kept trying to like rebel against it even when in the church and just annoyed everybody so they ended up putting me in the college section where it was more okay to ask those questions. Even right. though I was still like a junior and senior in high school. Right. Because um, the... And in, in that system, what did they call people outside of the group? What terms did they use? We didn't. It was like a collective doom scroll of people we didn't like. So it was like a sort of an unspoken understanding of who is it in and outside of... Well, remember when people made fun of you for, like, looking like a girl? Yeah. It's a lot of that. It's a lot of, like, oh, I shouldn't tell anyone I'm into this. Like, they keep everyone, like, afraid to speak. So, like, when I was doing FetLife stuff, mm -hmm. running munches in the South, everyone's like... Like, they would be like, I'm into choking. Oh, God, I'm so glad I can be in a place where I won't get the entire town right. talking about me. In, in those places... Well, also, the other thing is, um, it, it's like... Uh, it, what you think of like liberal cities as places where like they're, they're called like more whatever like uh, open-minded or whatever mm -hmm. but what 
what it seems like, okay, what I saw, at least when I would go into Michigan and in places with that in-group, out-group mentality, is that people in that in-group, uh, like in those uh, places, um, the only expectation is that you show the authoritarian system, whichever it is, family, church, whatever, that you're willing to tolerate the abuse and cooperate, and your internal world doesn't matter. Because, like, your people, the people in those places still have the same internal conflicts and weird shit going on inside of them that everyone else does. Well, that's kind of what helped me with, like, the performance art mm -hmm. of everything. And that's also why I'm probably a gender abolitionist, because I realized gender was a performance. Right. At a really early age. Right. Yeah. Um, just because of, like, how everything they were doing was just, like, a script. You know, yes. like, they were being performative. It was like, this is, like, a script I'm hearing. Right. Um, well, because you always hear stories about, like, you know, conservatives being exposed for being, like, gay or, like, they, they have crazy sex and, you know, mm -hmm. kids that they, they, they got aborted and they're not. Like, basically, it, the, like, in liberal places, it's not more open-minded. It's just that people's bullshit tends to be more out in the open. In terms of like they, and then there the, the problems arise of their own in that regard, where you have factionalized groups based around your bullshit, and in group out group based on that bullshit. In these in like, but the the mentality becomes like fractionalized authoritarianism within smaller subset groups, culture group like cliques and things. All I know is that before I be, before I came out as trans, I was definitely part of the in group. In a lot of these places. Mm -hmm. I was able to, like, you know, I had a lot more privilege, and I could, like, people were always ni nicer to me to begin with. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's like, people find out you're different, and it just all goes away. Right. It, it, it really is, like, how much, basically how much, like, you're, like, you're willing to swallow in order to signal... Is being yourself way. really worth it? Is, like, I don't no. know. That's, like, well, that becomes the, the key core question, right? Like, well, you're places. talking about detransition. Uh-huh. So, like, do those people... I mean, I've, I've had thoughts of, like, this isn't worth it, that I can't afford it, yeah. this stress is going to kill me, right. or I'm going to have an intermittent explosive disorder episode, right. redundant, um, on someone because I'm being under duress from all the transphobia I experience on right. a regular basis. Right. Like, I want to stay safe, but the world wants to kill me and make me feel bad. Yes. Which, they would do that normally anyway, but for stuff I'm choosing to do. Yes. And being made fun of for stuff that I like, I deeply, fundamentally don't feel like I want. I don't like being harassed over. Like, I'm not gonna make fun of people for having like certain eye colors. Of course. But like, do people like have gender dysphoria over like their eyeball color? There's like, um, yeah. Because like, people... it sh my genitals shouldn't matter as much as like people want them to. What yeah. I think is, is it's a lot of people want to fuck everyone, mm -hmm. and they get confused, they get scared, and they get angry when they're not sure whether they can fuck you or not, because they've been taught that genitals matter and genders matter. There's the, like, when it comes, because it does, the gender, if you're talking about biological essentialism, uh, a lot of it is, is loaded with, uh, like, sex and trauma. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the, like, like the, 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 the female, like, TERFs and people who are, like, je like biological essentialist women, um, a lot of it uh, relates back to sexual trauma. Like, I, I don't even think that, pe like, these, like, TERFs are necessarily that, like, they're not necessarily that, um, 
like closed about it. They'll they'll basically say like I believe in biological essentialism because I was sexually assaulted by a dude and I just don't trust men and I think that they're all murderers and eat rapists. I just don't understand. Well, I do understand. Mm-hmm. But it just seems. It seems like we've just like hardened the the web of hate. Mm-hmm. By keeping it by like the online stuff, I have to keep bringing it back to like the last episode. It's but, important, but like, it's good to have a continuity. So go ahead. Yeah, like all this stuff on the internet's all documented, and like so all this mm-hmm. gender stuff, we don't have to keep having the same conversations. Right. But we're still being made fun of for it. Keep having like defend ourselves, and so at this point, it's just obvious like when someone wants to kill you and when they don't. Mm-hmm. And that almost makes the internet harder to on because like you don't feel like you can trust anyone for sure um i don't know where we got on this topic well i mean you were i think you were saying that like the like um the what's happening on the internet anyway it like is a phenomenon where people they're like the the circulation of information on the internet is so fluid at this point that you can you can be bombarded with things that essentially trigger you and create a sort of feedback loop. We were talking about feedback loops, I think, last time too. Yeah, feedback loop of um, of of dread, right? That you that sort of self propagates because you have to do something with your dread. That the, the things that are triggering you that are that you, you're being tr- the reasons you're being triggered aren't necessarily being addressed. But the internet is still giving you this feedback loop of being triggered by things that freak you out for whatever reason. I don't feel I feel triggered in the trans community mm-hmm. just because of like the treatment back when i was uh, a drug addled mm-hmm. um quarantined person um i got treated like crap by a lot of people you know i've seen how they tr- treat like addicts and stuff mm-hmm. and like sex workers and people who are being trafficked and it's just so weird like like the people i grew up with hating yeah um that abused me like weren't as direct about it or didn't know what they were doing these other people are just like straight up like saying the quiet parts out loud but like they are saying they're on the left so because the the ultimately you the effect is the same you're being attacked you're under attack by someone right i feel like i'm on attack from both sides like it feels like everyone wants me dead the ultimate because ultimately you're like in the case where you're like, you were having, after you moved to Seattle, and you were under attack, and they were sort of by people who, uh, by all logic, should be on your side and supporting you, right? Right. And coming from, and like, coming to you, even if you're going through really terrible shit, coming from an understanding place, um, they're attacking you, but they're attacking you on, like, they're, 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 they're attacking you with, like, these really, like, they're, like, hard, like, young well, like, methods. Well, like, the discourse around stuff is like if you're a trans person if you're a sex worker if uh-huh. you're disabled you know you get all these like id poll points yeah and then you think that okay people should keep this in mind when they're trying to uh figure out how the community should deal with your behavior mm-hmm. but like it seems like a lot of times if you're trans and disabled and autistic and homeless and addict you just get treated like they're just looking for an excuse to like treat you how they've always wanted to like, just because they have, like, anti-discrimination laws here mm-hmm. doesn't mean that people won't find other ways to make you feel like your life isn't worth living. And I've experienced that on more on, well, on both sides. People will just, everyone wants you dead, and I think if you're not trans, you don't really, like, 
have to deal with that as much. That's correct. Um, and it's almost like because gender, having a, being trans and other non-conforming gender stuff is so scary, mm -hmm. it's sometimes it's the only thing we have left to hold on to. Right. Because it, it's like something that, uh, that... Which is why, why I talk about safety. Right. Because, like, sometimes the safest thing is for them, like... Like, I'll be, I was homeless, and I was like, well, maybe I'll get on hormones soon. <laughs> you know? And I guess the only thing that, like, kept me going was moving to Seattle, getting on hormones, getting bottom surgery. Well, something to look forward to. And to... <clears throat> and, like, the... I mean, you always need something to look forward to, basically. Or you... Kill, or you or you kill yourself basically that's like life well i tried several times because i was like stuck here trying to win disability being poor mm -hmm. just having you know like i was homeless before moving in here oh yeah oh, and like people just treat people really terribly if you give them a good reason and if you're trans it's pretty like visible that you're not congruent with yeah. the way you're the way clothes are made for people you can tell it's like too small or like not proportioned right Yes. For the way bone structures is like, been growing out, like shoulders, etc. Correct. Because, um, like, if you're born a certain way, um, if you're trans, you're going to have to deal with, say, like, broader shoulders, right. like, narrower hips. Right. And their clothes just aren't designed for that. At, like, for neither gender. Right. Like, like there's no, the, it's like, there's no clothes that are made for you at all. Um, and actually, the first time I met you, I think I thought you were dead. Because I couldn't get in touch with you. I thought you were dead. I didn't have a phone. You didn't have a... Right. I, I, I basically, I found your address, and I got there. Did you find Uh, no. I, I used a different way. I found a... I, I, somehow, I forget how I figured out your address. But I, I thought that, like, I was going to your house to, like, uncover your body. Because I hadn't heard from you, and you last thing I heard from you was that you had taken a bunch of pills. Oh, I see. You had, like, taken a bunch of Seroquel or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. And you were okay. Yeah, well, you did, we did that because I was being trafficked, and I needed to get out of the apartment. Yes. So I overdosed to try to get to a hospital, but it was in the middle of the pandemic, and they were like, so you didn't really try to kill yourself? Go home. Back to where you're being trafficked. Yeah, and my, I was, like, trying to get them to give me a different social worker because um, they didn't, no one cared. Right. Like, she wouldn't, she signed off on my disabilities, uh, no, she wouldn't. She signed off on my disability work, but she wouldn't sign off on my gender stuff. That, so this still relates. She wouldn't sign off on your gender stuff, right? Anyway, and that, but where and that was like well, that was critical to why you were moving here anyway. Right. So what you when you moved here from an, a re, an authoritarian, conservative place, right? You came to Seattle and you still experienced a massive amount of transphobia, if not more, right? From, and not just from people who are cis, but also from people who are, uh... Yeah. Like people who were trans and non-binary. Like, so. trans is, like, accepted here to the point where if you can afford it, you can fit in. Mm hmm And it's like, oh, cool, so we're not all... Like, in the South, we're all poor together. We're all together. Up here, there's more stratification within our own, like, gender community, our own queer communities. It is correct. As opposed to smaller communities where they all stick together. I feel like also in the, like, I've I at least anecdotally heard stories from very conservative places in the South um, that, like, people who are growing up poor, like, if someone's gay or trans, 
there's often like a sort of a there is a baseline sort of like collectivist level of acceptance of them even if they don't understand what's going on like i have heard of that before i don't know if that's what you experienced ever saw here or in the south in the south right i don't know if that's true or not though like if so i like it, well see i came out while i was on doing fet life munches and so like the the kink community was a lot more a, a lot nicer to me about the gender stuff right now not everyone because it's still the south right, right. but um I also was in a pretty gay, like, a college town that had, like, the highest amount of gay people. Okay. So, like, it didn't seem completely unsafe to come out and change my name. Sure. But, like, I, there was, no, like, no way for me to change my gender in that state, but I don't think at the time. Like, a legal way, right? I don't know. No. Probably not. Especially well, not now. Well, I didn't have insurance and didn't now. get paid enough and didn't have a car anymore and was going homeless, so it's not like I could, like... Pay the money. Pay anything. Right. I don't know. But the, um... I didn't have a doctor to... I mean, that, it's anecdotal, so I don't really know. Anyway. Um, but, like, in the acceptance of, like, if you, in Seattle, there's still a possibility that you could come out as trans, and people will, um, will verbally provide you with acceptance, but behaviorally don't actually give you support. Well, they don't, they, okay, so most people won't like someone who's struggling, and, the, you know, they'll make them uncomfortable. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah. Um, I think. I think it is, too. So, so like, when a trans person's struggling, yeah. the, a person doesn't sit down and go, hmm, maybe they're struggling for this reason. Right. They're just like, oh, I don't want to be around it. Typically, yes. Um, and it takes some real self-criticism and some real restraint for your initial response to be, like, positive, I think. Right. Um, and some people just aren't built for that and then lie about it. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's, a, I mean, is that, that <clears throat> do you think that relates to, like, expectations of gender as well? Yeah. Because, I, I mean, if, if someone see, like, if someone sees you as gendered a certain way, they definitely respond to you struggling a different way. Queer coding up here is different. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's more important. Like I was saying, I can tell who, like, the trans men dress a certain way. Yeah. The trans women dress a certain way. Yeah. The non-binary people dress a certain way. Right. And if you don't dress like that up here, it doesn't signal to anyone. They just think you're straight, cis. And then the discourse from that is like, oh, well, you have passing privilege. You have straight privilege. If you're like an asexual who's dating someone with a, a different gender, they're like, you have hetero privilege. And it just wraps back it around. It just wraps around. And all, they, all these people do is find ways to discredit your, your life and stuff. And it's just weird. And it becomes the the process of the 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 acceptable gender identities, even if they're alternate to the biological essentialist ones of man, woman, male, female, gender, all but in one package, it still ends up being encapsulating and oppressive. Mm -hmm. Is what you've experienced. Yes. Thus, the idea of... Well, do you remember, like, in... You're familiar with Nazi Germany, right? Uh, I heard of it. Well, when they were, like, scooping up folks for the camps... Yeah. Like, the people were turning in turning in each other. That's Because they were scared. That's correct. Now, we live in a fascist country. Right. Everyone here is scared. Correct. But also people here are a lot more privileged and can, like... They think that 
punishing people won't like they're into that. Like in the South, it was like you know you might run like run into like a real hateful guy, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't like they wouldn't try to destroy your life as much. Here's what I'll say about Nazi Germany that I think is important to this um, that I learned is that one of the most and this is I don't think this is well known, but it stand, bears repeating is that one of the most insidious social phenomena in Nazi Germany was people turning each other in for things that the regime would kill you for over personal issues. Right. Is that people would... People would... It it became... um, It wasn't just a system of social control from the top down. There was a, uh, a parallel... Um, dynamic of people reporting each other for shit as like reporting each other as communists just because they didn't like each other or like this guy fucked this, uh, this dude's wife and we did that too so they were the era right? right yes correct yeah. and there's nothing and since we have the internet now and we're a lot smarter and a lot more resourceful uh-huh. you can do those sorts of things and make it the people think it's their uh, you know you set up these systems for them to do it in they're gonna do it right so you end up like it just keeps the feedback looping. You can create, it, like, the proliferation of, like, I, I think I go back again to, like, non-binaryism becoming its own potentially oppressive, like, echo chamber capsule or category, right? Yeah. Where it's supposed to be liberating. People who don't fit the non-binary meme, uh find themselves, like, like culturally homeless, or, you know, like, it doesn't, you, you end up with a, you, the bottom line is, it's not working as intended. Right. Um, and so that's, I mean, that, I guess that would be my concern, is not that the genders, like, new genders are bad, or that, you know, doing, going through that process is bad, but just a concern that it's being, that, like, it's being used against the people it's supposed to help. Right. Um, that the the structure of it is still as exploitable as the binary um, gender construct that you know for that fascists want. Like in the local communities I've been involved in. Yeah. As far as I know, I was like one of the few trans women who was ever like in charge of events mm-hmm. like that, um, like the burlesque and the noise stuff. But really? um, well, I mean, I'm sure there's others, but like I was like actively well, like. In charge, a lot, not a lot. Everyone else around is like AFAB, queer, non-binary people. Interesting. And up here, they still treat like trans women need to go to the like stay in your lane because you're still just men. Is how I feel like I'm treated up here. Right. It's like we'll accept you, but you got to sit in the kids' table. Yeah. Well, the, I mean the the this is I mean maybe our last segment or what we what the, another thing that we were discussing was um like there is there's still a really strong like bioessentialism or the fixation on biology or biological parts biological form is uh really difficult for people to divorce from and it still kind of infects like the the theories of gender um because no matter what people still use bio like your biological body how you develop in the womb as a reference point right for um in a fatalistic sort of sense um rather than looking at your body as like an object that is seeking seeking um an equilibrium like i keep saying well um, yeah i think that those things start out like that but you're born into these 
things that push you there. Yeah. And I'm wondering if we weren't pushed there, if we weren't nudged there. Yeah. Would things still turn out the same way? That's right. That, that's what we were saying. Is like, like people like there's still a presiding sort of infectious idea. It's just that um, the way that you're born has a certain fatalism to it, right. because of the chemical composition of your body as you're developing in the womb. Um, and that's like where a lot of gen, like I, like where a lot of turf stuff comes from. But also, I think it's just sort of infected everybody. Is if you're born as a man, there is a fatalistic sort of implication that you are going to become something, or you're going to embody certain behaviors. My brain is still just sodium and potassium. Right. Um, and even if you transition, that the that you can't like divert the course of fate, that's sparked by your like chromosomes on birth. That's. Does that sound scary? Can I get say? a radiation machine and change my chromosomes? Does it? I. What happens if you do that? Want to find out? Uh, yeah. I started doing the Kickstarter. Am I gonna die for a, for a chromosome changing machine? Alice is gonna kill me with a chromosome. I don't know. Machine. If if I change your chromosomes and you kill yourself, then I guess you could be counted among the forty-one percent. What's the forty-one percent? That's the amount of trans people who kill themselves. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a high number, isn't it? I should have I should have known that off the bat. I actually I remember. Yeah, that. Uh, haters and transphobe love to just like say that number to trans people like all the time. Why did they bring it up? Because they want people dead. Like, this that's just like they just want to emotionally bully you until you don't. That must be it. Because like, back anymore. Is it just like ha ha? You're gonna kill yourself. It's like that like, scene from yeah. So what? What if the whole? Obviously, it's just like evil, mean spirited, like in bad faith. Like, of course it is. Well, like, when I, as a, as a marketing slash advertising person, mm -hmm. when I want to control someone's behavior, um, I do it very subtly, but these people are doing it out of anger and hate. Mm -hmm. um, they want, they very explicitly want to cause this person discomfort. Right. And I don't understand why they put so much energy into it. Like, something seems more wrong about their mental health than mine. It's definitely... It's definitely a, um... It doesn't... It just seems like such a waste of time to be that hateful towards someone who decided that they want to present and perform differently than you do. The engine of that hatred is, is definitely some sort of, like, harm. Uh, or whatever causes people to be fucking evil. Um... But it is, that, that is definitely the case. I mean, whenever somebody has that much energy to put into, like, um, hating someone, it's, it's uh, sparked by something bad. Yeah. Happened. Like, not that you have to have sympathy for them, but, like, it's definitely rooted in, um, in, like, pain. Right. Is, like, the engine of hatred. Like, the only reason I'm alive is because I want revenge. And that was caused by pain. And I want to, I want to put, like, I, 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 there, just because someone's in pain, doesn't mean you need to have sympathy for them if they're being a terrible person. Right. Like that it's just it's just basically trying to pinpoint the like where it comes from just so you know how to deal with it or know what you're what you're what what you're dealing with. But um but that and that's what I was saying like a lot of turfs like they were sexually assaulted so they think men are evil. Like it, it sort of reinforces the idea that by all, like people who are born as men are going to be sexually dangerous. But what you were saying was like the nudge is that there's a system of nudging, 
like the I mean the the thing I was saying before the show was essentially I believe the reason why like because a lot of this the biological essentialism is drawn from statistical data mm -hmm. like that's where they get they for they get from the, the the prison state basically is where they get all their info is like this is how many men rape every year is how many women get killed by men every year and so on and so on it's all drawn from arrest like statistics like crime statistics which we know are famously infallible when they're setting up these systems <laughs> they just have one domino they need to push yeah. Um, so they don't look like it's done on purpose. Right. Um, but keeping these people riled up is what gets them folks. Correct. Um, and the, like, whenever, like, interpreting data from the prison system to say that, that something, like, biological and scientific is happening mm -hmm. is not science whatsoever. I mean, is there, is there evidence to provide that, like, trans women are groomers? No. It's all anecdotal. But the Twitter discourse has convinced everybody, not everybody, half of, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. that trans people are groomers based off nothing. And if people can, will believe that willy-nilly, like, what else are they able to believe? Well, we've seen what they're able to believe, what they've been convinced to do by, by people who are not as smart as, don't look smart. Which is, yeah, it's what you were talking about before. Yeah. Like the authoritarian structures. Essentially, it's anecdotal. And a lot of, um, when you're talking about, like, the conservative place you grew up in, a lot of the evidence that people use to reinforce that authoritarian, like, structure is well, anecdotal. the Bible says this. It's, it's the Bible and it's anecdotes. Like, I trust my neighbor. My neighbor says that this person's a pedophile, like, so I will believe them. Because we're part of the same group. Right. So I take them on faith that that person is well, a I mean, I've or a bad person or whatever. been in the in-group before, mm -hmm. and then also I've been put in the out-group very suddenly before. Yeah. Where there's been a lot of things that have been said about me that I aren't true, mixed in with things that are half-true. Yeah. But because it's the right people saying them, and they know how to, like, stir up and rile people up. Yeah. And use discourse that says, "Oh, if one thing about someone's true, then it's all true." Yeah. So if you really want to destroy a trans person, you can just make stuff up, or like look at things they've done in a weird way. Um, now, there's a stuff on, um, like they were okay. So it's, people know that, that women are held under much more scrutiny than other people, and then trans yeah. women are. It's even worse. So it's just like we're all scared of each other. Like, we might turn on each other for something. Yeah. Um, or, like, someone else might murder us. I mean, the the position, like, one of the the core tenets of, of, uh, of feminism was essentially that, like, uh, there's no real gen... Like, the gender binary isn't really... It actually is, like, is more like the like have and have have gender have not gender right is that a feminine like woman is defined being a woman is defined by the being oppressed and being a dude is defined by being oppressive right um and then recognize that's like second how, gen, that's like second wave feminism right there right that's like valerie solanas like shoot andy warhol shit um do you think he deserved that yeah i, I would have shot him too for being a man or for being abusive? For being Andy Warhol. Yes. Um, I would, like, the... It, the the second-wave feminism... Uh, that There's also a lot of online reactionary, like, callbacks. Because, like, TERFs basically say they're second-wave feminists who didn't divest from that. They're, that they're the original feminists. Um, it's not... 
actually that men are inherently oppressive and women are oppressive. Like, to be a woman is to be oppressed and men are oppressive. It's it, the more close scrutiny that, like, there is a social phenomenon of dudes just not holding each other accountable for anything because it, it, it's great to have power over others. There is also something to be said twofold. Right. About people who have too much power get used to it. <laughs> and then giving someone power who's not used to it. Yeah. So someone somewhere is like, hey, we should be more fair, but also men aren't going to like it. And right. like when someone wins the lottery mm -hmm. and they don't, they go spend it all willy nilly. Mm -hmm. Like if we just flipped a switch, it wouldn't, we wouldn't have any new systems in place to like cover it up or like help with it. Wait, no, that doesn't make sense. Well, no, it does, it does because if you're talking about giving someone who has previously experienced powerlessness power, um, you're, it's sort of like cold water in the face, and you just have to figure it out. There's right. a lot of room for error in that. Like, when I moved here and started doing, like, burlesque events, the show yeah. the goth scene, I had all sorts of crazy power, but I was also disabled and trans and, like, couldn't afford to feed myself for the first, for the last two weeks of the month, every month. Right. And nobody cared, and I'd be like, hey, I want to eat. And, like, stuff. And they wouldn't let me use any of the ticket money. I just didn't know what to do. Basically. And so I started, like, acting out, doing, like, kind of some unethical things, and... One thing comes to another, and now I'm like a bad person for trying to survive because people wouldn't believe me that I could survive off a PBR diet or like how bad some of my healthcare stuff was. Yeah. You'd be like, well, I see you going out to the club every night. You can't be disabled. And I'm like, yeah, it's because I'm like nervous and trying to get people to. The whole like point me so of you getting into lunch. those, getting into that position was like you were looking for a I way needed social to liquidity. Live. I needed a social liquidity. Right. So that you could eat. Yeah. And live. Right. And you ended up getting in a position where you were running all these events that they, you're not, you don't make any money. It's actually out of your pocket to run it. So you're, 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 it's almost, it like pisses me off just thinking about it. Like just how inappropriately structured it is. Basically that whole system assumed that you're like, a gay, like, because it was mostly gay, queer, trans people in that, right? The, yeah, like Seattle people who, like, have day jobs and stuff. They assumed if you're entering into their community that you have a certain baseline, like, of economic health. Right. And I'm good at performing stuff, so I'm just right. like, I can go do my marketing PR stuff for this event, and it should be fine. No one will have to know them. fucking nuts. But, you know, when you start drinking the, and going out every night, it doesn't really work. The support just wasn't there, because what it demanded of you broke your ability to, like, function. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, it's just, like, another example. Like, it, that, that structure that's supposed to be accepting was, has, was, has, was warped by the unfair bullshit of this city mm -hmm. into a, something that harmed you and ultimately you were forced out. But here's the issue. None of that was about my gender. That is correct. But there's no... A lot of times you'll be like, stop playing the gender card or, like, race card, and someone will say that, and you're like, shut up. That's stupid. It actually has nothing to do with that. But also, like, do these people want make you more of a target because of these things? Like, does it seem like you're easier to go after? No. They went after me because they thought, like, I needed to be dismantled. Right. Like, they were scared of me because I was, like, crazy and, like, everywhere and stuff, which was fine. 
But now, like, when the pandemic happened, I couldn't get support. I almost starved to death. Right. Like, actually. Like, you literally didn't have food. Because right? I couldn't go on to any of these Seattle Facebook groups or, like, queer resources. Because I'd been banned from all of them. And, like, I almost died because these fucking, like, the left people here, like, only want to punish people. Right. And, like, that's their culture, is being mean to people so they can, like, protect their little purity culture. Like, there's no dirtbag dirt leftists in public here. We're all forced to do our psyops online. It's a, that is notable. It, 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 yeah, the city is, like, is just, like, a liberal hellhole. Yeah. Uh, and it... It like in order to function here, it, it wants you wants to force you to like operate by uh, that etiquette. Do you ever see like uh, do you ever read local politics and see how like how many of these people are pushovers like or like all, quit because of these people? Like all of, like a lot of like we don't get, we hardly get any actual stuff done because all the politicians are so scared of their of their like user base of the constituents. Yeah, which wouldn't normally be a bad thing, but. That user, that the their constituents aren't actually pushing for things to get better. Right. Like if you, you the politician should be afraid of disappointing and letting down and facing retribution from not meeting the needs of the people. Right. Um, but the problem is the politicians are that they're what sounds like you're saying is they're afraid to function at all for fear of retribution for disrupting. Those and it's not like structures. that's too different than anywhere else. Politicians are all scared of their constituents. However, I moved here thinking it was some sort of like paradise for leftist thought, and it's just still more of the same people in the same seats saying the same lies to themselves. Have you heard that wokeness is a religion? Is it? Yes. Is it on the is it um, on the on the census yet? I prayed to woke Jesus, and I got bailed out of ten thousand dollars of back rent. Local discourse is just so different. It's like a different language than online, and it's so weird comparing them. It is, because uh, at least people online maybe have a sense of humor. Like, it's here, everything, that's here, one thing I will say about Seattle, and the one reason why, like, the only people I've gotten along with here are people like, I've literally met in parking lots, or people I've met online, is that nobody in this city has a fucking sense of humor about mm -hmm. anything. Everything is so deadly fucking serious here. Even when they seem like the the spirit, like the face is lighthearted, but everyone is just miserably high strung, serious about every fucking thing. To the point where I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't even necessarily want to meet any of the people who are in the community. I just want to do my own thing with like weirdos I meet online. Well, we went to the goth picnic the other day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did go to the goth picnic the other day. There was a, there was a there was a trans picnic and a goth picnic. Right. We didn't actually talk to the trans people or the goth. We picnic. just walked through the trans picnic. Yeah, we made an appearance. Yeah, we we made a grand appearance, and uh, you were super fucking high. And I don't even think you necessarily knew where you were. Amanda definitely did not know where she was. <laughs> um, I. I, I saw the trans people at the trans picnic, and they seemed like they were all enjoying hanging out with each other. But did it feel welcoming to you? Nothing feels welcoming here. Nothing feels welcoming here at all. Now, the goth picnic was kind of fine because I did bring them energy drinks. Right. And I gave them energy drinks, and that was cool. You can afford that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 uh, I used government money to buy them. See, a lot of times I just show up to stuff 
without any of the social niceties because I'm like, well, I might have to starve. I don't want to starve again just for them to accept me. Oh, yeah, I do. I mean, at, at work and stuff, uh, this has nothing to do with our topic at all. It has nothing to do with gender? Uh, no. Wow. But I, at, uh, at, at work, uh, you know, like, I just, I, people bring in food all the time and I can't bring food in. I bring in food that I got from, like, a cabinet in the middle of a neighborhood. Like, I eat, like, condensed tomato soup because I don't know if I buy, like, $15 worth of, like, cherries or something for my coworkers. I don't know if I'm going to have no money, like, in, what, five days. Yeah. Um, Imagine being a content creator. You wouldn't be able to buy stuff unless you, like... Made some content? You have to make content. And the, the point, you have to make a lot of content. Yeah. You have to make way more... We would have to do this, like, every day, like Joe Rogan. And back to gender. Um, yeah. A lot of trans people end up making content because they can't go get jobs in the real world because of the transphobia. So you end up having two groups of trans people. There's the people who are here, at least. Yes. You have, like, the people who work in tech who yeah. somehow manage to get a job. Right. And then you have, like, the, the other people who are, like, struggling from, like, outside or, like, have struggled too much to get these to be in that side. So you have, like... The haves and haves nots with the trans people here too. Right. Um, what I've seen is like in Seattle, and then you can also relate yourself. Like uh, a lot of like the the places that people end up finding employment if they're trans in um, Seattle are like basically tech or healthcare. Right. Because like most like the most trans employees I've ever worked with were in um, like my healthcare related job, or if I'm going to a healthcare field, they'll, they'll people. There, there is an. There is more of an organizational push to be inclusive of trans uh, people in clinics and like healthcare in general. Um, and in tech, it's like, oh, you're probably good at computers because you're a trans woman, which is like all itself transphobic. But you know, like I guess if it gets you a job. I mean, I'd love to work at a tech know. company, but I don't want to do like the coding. No, I'm more creative direction person they, they would assume you're good at like you can program shit and have autism if you're a trans woman that's like part of the transphobic I know right perspective here um and that's like it it's just if you're making con if you're not if you're not don't have a lot of options and you start making content yeah the people who watch you are fetishizing you which sucks you have to use your transness as a marketing tool um, which then reinforces again another feedback loop. You almost have to become if you want to get successful. You almost have to like become your own locale. Yeah. Like ironically, yeah. some people have done that. Like they've gone on kiwi farms and made friends with the people on kiwi farms because like as to try and like get ahead of the game basically. Yeah. Like and then so that they they can avoid like a a threat on them. Doesn't work, but they try. Because they'll still make a threat about you no matter what. Yeah. And they'll make fun of you on Kiwi Farms and call you all kinds of slurs. I'm sure it's great fun. Yeah, I've, I've seen some of that. Uh, you might have, yeah. I've heard things about... Uh, uh, I mean, you've, you've had to deal with Kiwi Farms before, right? Yeah. Uh, is, it any, is it something you want to say anything more about? No. Okay. Well, there's always a lot of rumors about shit I'm doing because I'll say a lot of edgy shit. Well, you've trolled... Like, uh, trolled people. You've trolled trolls before. Like, right. you have done counter-trolling before and infiltrative counter-trolling. Correct. Um, did you do any gender-based counter-trolling? Yes. Or what 
and that's interesting to me because like, you were mentioning before like troll gender trolling trolling in the gender well, field of like well the gender names there's troll yeah. names made up genders but i was doing like um the tr you know how like they say they call trans people traps because like the trickery stuff um, like i feel guilty because i was like on social like forums and stuff mm -hmm. like christianforums.com i was pretending to be a girl on there like switching back and forth genders and confusing people like catfishing and no i was like on the same account oh i see um but like in some things i would do the catfishing stuff as a different gender but not like towards anyone just right. like like a PlayStation Home, like a metaverse thing. Sure. I could dress up however I wanted. Yeah. And when I came out as trans on there, it was like, wait, so you're not just like... A girl. You're a girl, but you're not a girl? Well, they didn't realize that, like, they knew I was like a... They thought I was a dude with a chick avatar, which was kind of okay. We were okay with that back then. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, actually being trans wasn't. Oh, so they were like, oh, you're not a dude. You're a trans... Word I can't say. Trans person. Trans person. Can't, I, I I shouldn't be dropping slurs. I I cause we haven't said the G slur yet. I I'm not going. Gamer. I, I can't I can't say I can't say that. <laughs> I can't say the other word. I'm not going to say it. I mean I could say it, but I'm not going to say it because I don't think that's nice of me. Um, but I know what, I'm just like what what go because I remember being on the internet back then and how much often those words were tossed around. Like trap was tossed around constantly before it was a music thing. Before it was a music thing at all. Yeah, yeah. It was years before. It was before that it was a music thing. Or right. Even, like, before Mike Migos came out. Like, or whatever. Um, that was, like, probably the most... Like, before Hannah Montana popularized trap music, um, that word... Do you, do you, okay, do you think people actually know the origins of that term anymore? Like, Zoomers. Do you think they know? Like, I, do I they, don't know the origin of the term. For like from trap house, to like drugs and stuff. No, and like Atlanta? I'm, I'm talking about in reference to trans people. No, I don't know. Oh, trap, trap. Yeah, yeah, from like anime and stuff, where like or Visual K or like the, these made houses where it's like a, it's like a they're not trans in Japanese culture as often as they are cross dressers. Correct. Because um, there's a culture of cross dressing. Cross dressing right here, yeah. those people get called um, traps because in the media. Um, they've been represented as people trying to trick each other. Whereas in Japan, it's just part of a performance. They, they still haven't poisoned the idea of men playing women's parts and it not having anything to do with gender identity. Well, in, uh, I, will, I will note this as well. This is interesting. Yeah. To me, that there's a strong tradition in the, in the history of uh, in the UK and in America in carnivals and things like, you know, like a couple of, like a hundred years ago or so, or like in recent, yeah, like fairly, I guess in history, like before the turn of the century, I think it was like the 1800s or like- So before 9-11? Or even around the turn of the century, a little bit before 9-11. And 9-11, I assume you mean the year 1911, which is uh, World War One. I. I think the turn of the century. No, 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 2000 was the millennium. The millennium. Yeah. That's when we started getting getting jiggy with it. Yeah, Will Smith. That was his album name. Like, like get ready for the millennium. We shouldn't talk about how that, that violent abuser... Yeah, uh, violent, abusive people are so awful. I would never condone violence or be violent. Yeah, or slapping a Or say anything violent. Across the face. Like, so hard. Punch you in your clitoris. She's gonna punch me in my clitoris. My face clitoris. That's my nose. Um, the tradition of cross-dressing... 
in the UK, in the USA as part of vaudeville, I think it was, and in uh, Japan as another example. Um, in those contexts, these were fam these are actually like family friendly like events where it would happen. In the it's past. supposed to be campy, right? The I the the it is a hundred percent. Everyone knows that the people doing it are men, right? Like they they like the only it's acceptable because in the back of everyone's mind, everyone's like that guy wearing a dress. That man wearing a dress is pretending to be a woman. Right. So it's okay for me to laugh at how stupid they look. Right. Super fascinating to me. How, well, like, that was acceptable. Well, the visual K artists, I used to bring their CDs to yeah. school, and my friends would be like, look at, the, are those women or not? You know, suddenly they make weird comments. Right. No, I'm absolutely. like, no, they're Jews. They just dress like that. It's like a part of the scene. Yeah. They just dress like that. It's fine. That was a whole and thing. That's how I was trying to normalize gender stuff, mm -hmm. was by like pushing the stuff in their faces, being like, it's just clothes. Doesn't matter. And I remember also that um, in the 90s, uh, like, uh, like new metal artists would wear, and this is obviously before them with like glam rock and stuff, but like new metal artists wearing makeup was considered, they were like considered super masculine dudes. And super masculine dudes would listen to these guys wearing makeup. And that was also the case with, like, Poison and Butt Rock. And but, like, there were still some of these people who were actual cross-dressers. Right. Like, I know there's a one guy, band, or a guy named Sha Shazna, mm -hmm. who, dresses, who, like, does it, like, dresses up as, like, on women's clothes, like, outside of that, but still identifies as a man. Right. And I know in, like, American culture, we don't like cross-dressers anymore, for some reason. It or people who use that term... Like, that in transvestite, oh, we don't see. say that anymore. Well, but there still are people who, like, just wear the clothes. Drag has been commercialized by, like, RuPaul's Drag Race and shit, so there's that. Like, right. that drag queens are are sort of, like, uh, they're both monetized, but also... They're part of pop like, culture now. They're, it's part of, like, drama entertainment. Yeah. Um, it's not actually... That people aren't, like, overall cool with it. It's just, like, as long as they're, like weirdos who wear women's clothing goofing off on the TV and I can watch them fight each other and be catty. And that's what I think about that. Yeah, that's a great opinion you shared. I really love my opinions. Yeah, so to summarize, gender is a fuck. The way we approach gender in this country sucks. Um, doesn't seem like there's anything we can do about it. Um, yeah. Perhaps the point of what we're saying and the reason why we have the stance that we do is we would we're looking to both of us would like to see the way that we treat each other regarding each other's like fluctuating identities and the unique biological situations right to be um the the social the way that we communicate our social liquidity there's a, a much more respectful and efficient way to take care of it. Gender nihilism is basically saying um, when you when you if you if we if we have our so our, our distance socially, um, to all decorum aside, um, use neutral terms. Approach a neutral term that we can use that uh, respectfully acknowledges that you don't know what's up with this other person. Yeah. And if we get to know them better, we can start to explore that. But the issue is, is a lot of us are drawing attention to something that just shouldn't have to matter. 
And yeah. if I just want to reframe the way we think about gender and its social utility. Is is yeah, is something that helps reduce the amount of like potential error and and disc and discord. It's the only way forward I can think of that will make things safer for everyone. I agree. Like it still needs to exist. Right. We just need to make it a little bit safer for everyone. And the way I wanted to make it safer basically deconstructs the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, and the system of honorifics is kind of a... I like the fact you brought it up just because it's a very practical example of how to structure going forward. Right. Is, well, you'll hear a lot of arguments where people will say, well, Greek has gender-neutral pronouns. Yeah. You know, a lot of places do. Um, we don't. It's... I mean, I tend to do it anyway. Right. Like, when I'm, when I'm working... I work in a clinic that... You're, like, I, I don't want to, I have HIPAA, but um, you're familiar with the place I work. Correct. Like, you know where it is. Um, it's a place that treats a lot of trans people and a lot of non-binary people and a lot of people with lots of different gender expressions, and I just refer to everybody as they until I know, but thankfully I also have software that tells me, like, what that person put in to right. their, on their own form, so I can correctly gender them whenever they come in. But if I don't know, I just say they. I even do that between the employees, and then we figure it out like when, once we get there. Right. Um, but that, and that's because the whole point of working in that clinic is to create a, like a really safe, comfortable environment for everybody. And that is exactly where I wanted, where I want things to be. Right. Everywhere. Right. Like. Yeah. Demystify pronouns. Demystify the trans experience. Just. Be it's normal. Be right. normal. It's be normal. normal. Yeah, like it's like the normal, like it, it's like the uh, the positive normal type of normalization. Yeah, like if we want hyper normalization, we should hyper normalize. Yeah, you things. need that. You need that disclaimer because we're definitely some weirdos. But yeah, we should hyper normalize like good stuff that that's cool and 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 uh, chill and hanging with your friends. Yeah, all those friends we have. Wasn't there somebody who said like, uh, you don't need the internet, you just hang out with some friends or something? Yeah, and you sit, you, 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 you sit and you... Oh, who needs comedians? Just sit around and joke around with your friends. Yeah, like, basically, we should kill all comedians and just wow. have friends. Wow, wow, yeah. Kill them with kindness. Yes. And love and, and cherish them. Give them something to really laugh about. Yeah, like putting them in a tiny little box. Make and, it so they can't stand up anymore. Right, in a tiny box and burying it 1,000 feet under the earth and piping in all of their nutrients, air... And basically, like a little bot, like basically, we'll just make the matrix. Where we'll just put comedians in it and use them to power our electronics. Great. Well, um, I've been Alice. Uh, and I've I've been Mark for a while. And uh, you can find me at scarletdeath.com or the Noise Discord music Noise Music Discord server. You can find me on there when my two-factor authentication hasn't fucked me out of it. And I'm also on Twitter at. Uh, at d e a d underscore i v e r s o n dot 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 com. Dead Iverson. Dead underscore Iverson. That's my Twitter account. Yeah, he's um, on the bird site. I'm on the bird site, um, and I know all the people who are are cool on the bird site. So if you actually go to my account, you're not gonna have a bad time. You're not gonna see anything you don't like. It's a perfect echo chamber that will support your worldview, which should be my worldview because mine is great. If you want to see things you won't like, come to my page because I'm insufferable. Yeah, and actually, I support her insufferability on my page. So you're not gonna like either of us if you go to either page. That's right. why you should come to us to experience something that you wouldn't normally. So our next episode is going to be about how to survive a psyop. 
Yes. This week we talked a little bit about like social, like how people are nudged in like behavioral yes. context. We've been using the on like smaller words. scale. Yes. Now I want to talk about some of the stuff I learned in college, where they like professionally taught me how to control mass quantities of people at once. Right. And ways we can avoid. Um, well, you know, nobody's immune to propaganda, but Correct. you can prepare for it. Right. And know how to respond and know when you're being accepted by it. And I want to talk about why propaganda is good and why the intelligence agencies that you think are lying to you on the internet probably actually don't give a shit about you and at all. are just using their funding to fuck off and play like World of Warcraft all day on their computer. Doubt. But it'll be fun to talk about. It'll be fun to talk about. I know what I'm talking about. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. And this has been Mimetic Rhetoric.